the time. Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast on Saturday, the 6th of May, 2023. God save the king, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today is Zachary Burgess. King of podcasts. And Rob again. Podcast kings. <laughs> TikTok <Clips> lifers. Kings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was speaking about it on the way down here. Like, I, I'm clearly the king of podcasts. Dan is... The, really? You'll see the logic to that part of it in a minute. Yeah, yeah I need this broken down. Dan is the, is the prime minister of podcasts. Like, okay. the, the guy who theoretically okay. actually controls the podcast. Power. Yeah, all right. Okay. And then Rob is the government of podcasts, the one who actually controls the podcast. But I'm not the prime minister. I'm no. Like... You, you do the functional part of the podcast. Are you the civil service? Am I, am I the, the penny more of, of this? You do all the work. <laughs> and, and I'm the king of podcasts because I'm the clearly <laughs> just ceremonial role that just turns up. <laughs> I, I don't actually manage any part of podcasting art. Well, yes, oh, we can do that as well. Hang yeah. on, hang on. The pro- there's a problem here because don't. Does this mean you receive the ceremonial spoon? Uh, why is a spoon related that- to our podcast now? <laughs> because because I'm glacial spoon. Yes, but why is the spoon involved yeah. at all? Where did this come from? I'm involved right here. The coronation. Yeah, yeah. Isn't the ceremonial spoon one like one of the one well, of the, sure. one the of the relics? One of yeah, them, it yeah. That would necessarily be the same in podcast land. Oh, you reckon? What, you'd have different relics? Yeah, probably. <laughs> what, what, would be a pod- yeah. what would be a podcast relic? Sa- salad relics. Like the, 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 pot of, the pot of citron de menton. But not, not a spoon, uh, but like a fork, obviously. <laughs> you don't need salad yeah. with a spoon. In, in, in memory exactly. of microphones past. Yeah, the, the blue the, snowball microphone the, of past, the, the orb. The, 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 the shock mount of, of the coronation. Oh. Praise be of the orb. destiny. Yeah. Praise be the orb. What was your favourite? Um, yeah, what part of the coronation like, <laughs> item? Oh, no, your no. favourite item, like weird thing. I like that. I, I was well into the what was it? The rod of equity and mercy. <laughs> the rod of equity. I mean, the, the spoon rod. doesn't even get mentioned. Right? It just sort of. I think it was. No. it was in shot at one point, but it just sort of got. The only bit I saw was it being removed from the scene, like it had done something bad. I mean, like, everything has to be removed and taken out. Like, have you ever seen yeah. like the stupid and opening of Parliament thing, where they're like, just, like the scepter yeah, has like, to come in and then it has to be moved around and it has to be taken out again on the door and. <laughs> Knock on the door. Well, it's like they, they let them in. Looks like they, they let them, them in. <laughs> yeah, because then they put the <laughs> crowns on, right? And then they like have to very obviously go into a back room to be like, right, we need to secure these crowns. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. They don't fall off. They've now been yeah. on your head and we need to sanitize this. <laughs> and then put it back in its display case in the Tower of London or whatever, which is not actually where it really is, obviously, because no, that's a, obviously not the real yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that's a fake. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. I don't know how do you how, I, yeah, how do you Penny feel? Penny Morden was the star, though. I would say definitely. Well, like strange women distributing swords is no basis for system of government. <laughs> yes, uh, a friend of mine from Suffolk Swords was like, "Oh, good technique!" Like, you yeah, know, she, she was technique. So handling that sword well. Given that isn't wasn't it the sword that's yeah. like got a hilt that made entirely of like diamond or like yeah or well, crystal, two different crystal bits one of them was massive and one of them was smaller but like entirely diamond that must basically. be really uncomfortable the sword of state well, apparently she's been doing push-ups and stuff like in preparation like, <laughs> good more, work penny Borden. i'd be more worried about the hand shredding you know like if the, if, the, if it's like the hill is entirely made of like crystal bits it's like that that, that can't be nice to hold I know. it could be smoothed off i guess you don't normally what, like make a diamond coated. smooth you normally no. cut them specifically. Well, yeah, because obviously it wouldn't be shiny. Or, well, I mean, it would 
be just not in the same way. Yeah, maybe. It would be as, like, sp- it wouldn't have the sparkle. Done well, though. I think, uh, well, in the Tory leadership race, she was a rival of Liz Truss. And then when Liz Truss got <laughs> in for that two weeks, she made her, she made Penny Mordaunt the Lord Chancellor to, like, get her out of the way because mm. it's like a ceremonial role with no actual power. It's like, ah, fuck you. I get to be, like, <laughs> you totally imploded and I get to be, like, the most important thing going on at the, at the coronation. <laughs> Oops, that backfired. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Penny would like a job. Like if you know a proper job, uh, a proper job, yeah. Well, well I as long know. as you get paid, if you get paid for doing a non-proper job, then bonus, I guess. <laughs> yes. But like, yeah. what, what, I mean, pol- what politician is happy with that? Most of them, probably. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do any of them really the care power, about doing real work? They want, they, yeah, they want, they want the proper job. They, they just want, don't know. They, they, they just the don't work. They want the power. Yeah, they just don't deserve that job. That's the that's the difference, right? They're yeah. bad at it, but they still want it. They're like. Most of the members of The Apprentice is how I feel about politicians, right? Is <laughs> yeah, that, that they, think, they, think the they think they're the nuts. They think they're good, but they're not. Yeah. They have no idea what's actually going on. Not true. a single sausage. You might as well just give it to the son of the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Praise again, and again forever. <laughs> wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Did, did... <laughs> that, that happen today? <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <sighs> Some things never change. War never changes. Nepotism never changes. <laughs> Otherwise it would be called something else. <laughs> Just surrounded by Nepo babies. <laughs> Everyone in that church is a Nepo baby. I just think, what would... What is it Nepo? Nepo. What is, what is baby Rob going to inherit? This the... Uh, I don't. <laughs> yes, why was Rob's nepotism going to give that child? <laughs> yeah. Well, gaming ideally would be <laughs> some kind of. Uh, you know, I mean, I've got that, that horrible suspicion that, that he's going to be one of those like like. <laughs> you rebelli- can't possibly rebe- tell at this. No, point. you can't. But I have that suspicion he's going to be like like I guess kind of me and Kippers were. We were the rebellious types again. Like we want want absolutely <laughs> nothing to do every with every child ever. <laughs> yeah. There's some following there, like like parents' footsteps and things like that, and yeah. it's like. There's a difference between following in your parents' footsteps and being a rebel. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. It's not I like... reckon I, I still I like a lot of the music that my dad liked, basically. Sure. Like, uh, or, that he was into and was excited to get me into, and I still like oh, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that, I, that I guess, is kind of how that happens. I guess I've gone more... Yeah, I think I've, I've grown not always, more, though. But... No. no. Yeah, I, think I mean, I it grew... depends like what the angle was that you came at it, probably. Yeah. Like, if it was just some crap, if it was something that was forced on you that you didn't, weren't necessarily interested in, then you were inherently not yeah. going to like it. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think I... I think I was indifferent to my most of my dad's music, right? Because he would, he would. I think it was like weekend mornings, he would basically just be like, I'm taking over, and uh, like, this is... <laughs> Fair enough. You know, I'm, 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 he's I'm at putting, home now, so he gets to take the radio. Or I'm whatever. putting the stereo up loud, yeah. or I'm putting some vinyl on. Yo, let's go. Sure. I've decided I'm going to get some vinyl. Um, some vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> some vinyl. Oh, vinyl. Okay. <laughs> Look, I need to, in the I form need to, of records, presumably. I need, I need to be in more the form vile. of records. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not like vinyl wrapping my flat or anything. <laughs> some kind of, Not some kind of clothes. Um, yeah. Go hardcore exactly. 80s. Well, no, that's not even 80s. <laughs> Older than that. Well, I didn't. 70s. 
what wearing vinyl yeah <laughs> literal like yeah i don't think that's the best material uh, it's not very beautiful is it no um yeah i didn't know what to do with i like i've got my my flat is only a few rooms because it's a small flat so i've got the main room is the kitchen and living room combined where i am now and they've got a bedroom bathroom and little hallway that's it but i didn't know what to do with the walls of the hallway because they're nice color because they're painted like a nice blue color but they're otherwise plain i was thinking well i could get loads of pictures and stuff but that would i've got pictures for the other rooms and i was like hang on um and i managed to find like where i can um like put uh records like uh and with a wall hanging so i can use those for decoration that's my idea so i'll keep my record collection on the wall and then but then i need a record player so (laughs) i can connect to my blue bluetooth the thingy for all, all mod cons it won't be a fancy one but uh then i i think it would be stupid to just get records and not be able to play them so well, <laughs> i'm gonna get a record player i mean our downstairs bathroom uh, is could... decorated by record covers in frames yeah rather That's than the mean. records themselves i don't know where the where the records that are meant to be in those covers are where the records are yeah hmm i mean that is kind of cool like so, yeah some some album art is pretty rad right so it's yeah, I'm going to get my favourite albums on vinyl and stick them up and then find some cool-looking ones as well. And you could probably do that with, like, PlayStation games, right? Some of those, those old disc art is, is pretty cool. Well, the ones that yeah, you can take the manual big, out of it, the yeah. front of the CD case, much easier to mount, yeah, yeah. rather than have these, like, yeah, inch-thick dual-case dual case it out of the wall. Because PlayStation cases are fat. <laughs> well, yeah, true. true. You probably don't want to mount the whole case. That's true. No one's ever come close to that original PlayStation or PlayStation 2, like the spine where it's all the same font and black and white or whatever. It looks so cool on a, I mean, on a shelf they nowadays. They've tried, they've always just failed. Yeah. I think it, it no, looks, but, I don't know, PS, the PS1 look to that looks a lot better. I mean, was it Game... Yeah. Nintendo tried it, right? All the GameCube discs have that well, same style. they and, tried it, but like I said, they, they didn't really succeed. Like it's, mm. once you, there's a, even just in the few GameCube games that I have, they're not all the same. Yeah, Dreamcast... Yeah. Did pretty well, but actually thinking about it, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a couple of games that I own that actually have the game logo and not the text, not not just yeah. written in the standard form. The old the they had a pretty decent they had a decent size standardization for like you know, like GBA and DS. Mm. The GBA ones weren't there wasn't any design standardization really. No, I guess not. But then the DS ones were fairly standard along the edge. Although I, yeah, because DS had a proper standard. Like GBA games were just in like a cardboard box. Yeah, right? yeah. But it was, it did have some standardization. Like it always tried to have the like the title of the yeah, game or whatever the, on the side, left and, side. And that kind of thing. But the colors were there was no design that was fixed on one side of the box or anything to show that it was a, a GBA game or anything. No, I guess not. But the DS ones had their plain edge. And yeah, white, but, white, but the white DS color with black text on it all the yeah. time with the Nintendo triangle at the bottom. But the DS boxes weren't all the same size, so that kind of fucked up in that aspect. I know the was it yeah import size was different as well. Yeah, um, I have a couple of those. And sometimes the plastic wasn't even the same color. That might also be because of the imports. I don't remember which ones were the same, which ones were which. I mean, you could argue that wasn't always true for PlayStation 1 either, because PlayStation 1 launched, I don't think in this country, but in other countries with the long box format, right? Which mm. was mm. a little more like the current DVD format, but fat. Like thick. 
then they, yeah, I think by the time it reached the UK, I think we only got the, the fat jewel cases that broke super easily. <laughs> but they had some good looking cases. I like those PS1 cases. Yeah. Yeah, cool. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Man, I, I think we got like super lucky with when we were born into like the gaming, <laughs> gaming landscape, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I think, yeah, I think yeah, we grew exactly. up at such an exciting time for it. Well, it's true. It's it, true. It made us super hardcore, <laughs> relatively speaking. Yeah. It's like whenever like, I think about like, well, when I, like if you think if Rob is thinking about teaching his children about the internet and video games, it's like how would you even do that? Minecraft. Without well, sure, but that doesn't really. That's like, I mean, I guess even Minecraft has quite a lot of skills. Yeah, it's like how do you? To, uh, well, I'm sure we've all experienced plenty of times trying to teach older people how to use like a computer, ugh. and it's just like how do you teach a child to do it? It's the same except. Slightly different. But. Did I tell you my mum didn't forgot how to move files yes, the other I day? Think you did. <laughs> oh my god! No, no. I mean, some offence to my. I was about to say no offence to my mum, but, <laughs> so, but some offence to my mum. There is no. There is no way she. She's putting it on. She must be putting it on. Like <laughs> you can't. You can't forget such a core fundamental of using a computer. There's even like. Three or four different ways to do it in theory. Oh boy! Like if you just remembered one of them, yeah, even one of the really inconvenient ones, like going through the file menu or something. Okay, yeah, wow, <laughs> that would be inconvenient. But that's the thing. So, like, we we were born at a time where we we progressed through the technology naturally and just learned all these incredibly like super inside skills that like, just like how are you even going to teach people? That? Yeah, I mean, how do you even? Like, I was just trying to. Th- I mean, you, know, you and I actually, Dan, weren't we? We were talking about it the other, the other, the other day. Like, what do we actually? How did? How did we start playing games? And like, how much of a jump is that really? Because it's like, okay, I yeah, get, it's like, I, I, what, I, what was the first thing that I ever did? Because I think, SD? How did I get into that? Well, yeah, and I'm like, I, I think the first proper game I played was a squash game on ZX Spectrum. That's the first one I remember. <laughs> how easy like, did that load? <laughs> I mean, not easily, because yeah, it's a spec. Oh, I mean, I, I I actually remember not knowing how to load games. Right, like, I, I always got Dad to do it. Because, yeah. um, what was it? Because it was very, he always described it as, you've got to do load, print, print. And it's like, the command actually is like, you have to push like a function key, and then the button that has load written on it, right. and that imbe- that puts the specific function into the command line. And by print, print, what he actually meant was that the pr- the button with print written on it actually had quote marks on it. So the command was load empty load empty right, string yeah. essentially, um, and then it would that would that would be what would queue up. Oh, you want you you're loading something from the tape. Um, uh, yeah, so I didn't understand that part of it. Um, um, but yeah, I, mean, I must have played this. Well, actually, it was quite a well made squash game for the Spectrum yeah. uh, with the keyboard on a Spectrum. Yep. <laughs> Squeezy ass keyboard, and it's like that. Oh, that was how I learned the trade somehow. Yeah, it's like where, where I'm like, I mean, the Atari ST had a fucking operating system. How the hell did I learn that? <laughs> yeah, with the little B or whatever yeah. the cursor was. Sure, for the, yeah. Oh gosh, and I migrated to to Amiga, right? Which had had Amidos and yeah. um, Workbench. Um, not Amidos. It was actually called Amiga DOS, but. Uh, 
But you didn't really use Workbench on the Amiga. You just put a disc in and it went, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that was... The, it, the ST was the same in theory, but every now and then you get those discs where it didn't launch automatically and it yeah, just yeah, went it would, to the file go, browser. It would go, yeah, there was... There, <laughs> I think Skidmarks did that on the Amiga. You'd, 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 well, you'd, you'd put the disc in and what it would actually do would load up Workbench and you'd then have to double-click the icon to yeah. launch the game. And then it would launch a launcher. Yeah, because it was a multi-disc game as well. well no, the Skidmarks was, Skidmarks was super weird because it actually had modem support. Oh, right. Um, so, like the the launcher was actually there to, if you wanted to hook up the modems and get and get a multiplayer game going. Um, Skidmarks was pretty advanced. Yeah. <laughs> um, Remember on the ST loading up like carrier command, being like, "What the hell is going on? What is any of this mean?" Yeah. I mean, that was the other. Oh, part, fairness, that, any of the, the discs other... we had, which were all pirate copies. Well, yeah, right? that's the other thing that, like, how the hell did we learn anything? Where it's just, like we had just discs with no manuals at all, and it's yeah, like you just is. put them in and you just try and work out what the fuck's going on, and somehow we did in a lot of cases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess the games the games were a lot simpler, right? So there wasn't too much <laughs> well, yeah, as much to figure out. In Most some cases, it was just like even somehow, even on the Atari, which had l- literally one button joysticks, it was just like it was still in some cases difficult to work out how to control games. Do you remember how 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 we took so long to even work out how to play Road Wars? Right, yeah, because <laughs> it has like you have to like hold the button and then like push the stick, but then if you're not holding the button, you just think it does something different, and then you can like double tap in a direction to open and close the sphere or whatever. I mean, wasn't that down or something? <laughs> yeah, down but, like would. down would put your shield up, and then and you had to open and close at specific times. But then if you're holding the button, you can rotate the turret. That was the bit I never really understood, like because we just end up in the state where our turret is just spinning. spinning. <laughs> like, like, how do you do that? <laughs> it's like, how do, how do we get out of this? You only have one button to work with, and yet somehow you, it's like, how do these controls even work? Yeah, I never figured that out. I never really understood the one button thing, right? Because in theory, the Amiga actually had two button support, and I had controllers that had two buttons on them, but they never worked as two buttons. Yeah. Um, which, which doesn't make sense because you would plug a mouse into the same port, port and yes. clearly left and right mouse buttons would work and that was all they were really doing they were sending mouse clicks um, joysticks for those things yeah hmm yeah that's weird how, how did we learn any of that stuff was it just because like this stuff looks cool we've got time on our hands because we're children let's figure it out is that just how children so learn time because neither of us had consoles for a, for a long time right? right as well so okay my cousin had a NES and I was there quite a bit playing Mario 1 that was pretty much my jam uh, consistently terrible at it <laughs> um but at least I had that, and I was like, there was, there was a, sorry, you know, I learned a gamepad, I suppose, fairly early. Yeah. But I, mean, but, I, but, but I guess, but I had all that after the Amiga training, I guess. So yeah. it was just like, oh, I just need to transfer joystick to this thing, and it's. Yes. Because the first console I ever played at all was the N64. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, that can't be true. Because we used to play our friend Alex's 2600 on occasion. He had, an, he had an old Atari twenty six. I don't think I ever did. Did you not? No. no. You know the wood, the wood one. <laughs> but I don't think I ever did right. play that. And it, you could argue that's in the same class as the Amiga and the ST. That's only technically a console. I mean, yeah, you plug plug cartridges in, <laughs> yes. flip the button, and it played games. 
and it's knockoff, you know, well, not knockoff. It was actually a proper version of Pac-Man, but like the weird version of Pac-Man, right? Oh, yeah. Official knockoff, yeah. Where he's got like a square mouth. and the... <laughs> By the time I owned an N64, I'd already had plenty of experience it from Dan and Rob. Mm. Like, I was late into N64. Land. True. Because I, I actually think the N64 yeah. was probably my first console as well, because I didn't have a Snares, I didn't have a Genesis. Um, I would play other people's. Um, at their houses. I had a Game Gear. That was my oh <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, that would yeah. have predated the sixty four. Yeah, yeah. I, I had one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't I have yeah okay. Actually, no, you mentioned it. I attached at the attached to the wall, basically by the power <laughs> yes. yeah, adapter. Yeah, yeah. Because could, there's no way I would use batteries with that thing. You could never use batteries with it. Yes. Yeah, so now that you've mentioned that, I guess no. I, I played a lot of Dan's Game Gear, so maybe that would have been my first console. Yeah, well, technically. Yeah. We're computer geeks, really. We're not console geeks. Yes. That will change. Yeah, that I mean, that's true. like, I probably learned what an EXE file was from the Atari SD because they were still exe files. Oh, right. Like, it actually <laughs> says so when you're on the file browser, you can see what type of file it is. Load up the EXE, that's the bit that makes the game work. Yeah, and then there's all this other crap you don't need to worry about. Get some TOS files or whatever. TOS files, yes. Always a TOS. <laughs> toss them up. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think Workbench always hid the. I don't know if work, Amiga had extensions, actually. I don't, I, I don't remember ever seeing them. <laughs> and you did occasionally get those, the Atari SD had the weird, I don't, know, I don't even know how this, was, how this works in the, in the operating system of the SD, but like some disk, when you put the disk in, the file, when it opens the file browser, the file browser is actually, the window is a specific shape and size, so it automatically has the EXE, just only the EXE in it. Like, that's something that you can somehow make the OS detect when you're putting your disk in, to resize the window of the file oh, browser to yeah, just yeah, highlight yeah. the EXE file that you need to run. Yeah, it was like a... I wonder if, like, was the OS actually on the system, or did the disks always have to carry, like, a no, lightweight version of it? It had you know had that Atoms game built in. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go and play Atoms, and then you've got to remake it in Games Factory really badly several years later, many years later. Or play the quite good Amiga version. <laughs> yes, the better version. So yes, get ready to somehow work out how to teach a child to learn, to use technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think that'll be hard. They'll be watching me. Yeah, but does that teach them though? Yeah, I think I think with kids that probably does, and they they, yeah, look, they, so they much, look and go. And there's want. so much subtle stuff that like, even when I, well, when you're trying to teach older people, it's just like when I was trying to te- teach my grandma how to use the internet in general, it's just like how do you explain that like don't just click on things <laughs> like <laughs> concepts like that where it's like <laughs> yeah. you need to know what you're at, like you can't just. I see, I open need to, every email and just I see, <laughs> click I, on everything. Oh, you see, I need to teach my mum the other side, the other co- side of that coin. She's afraid to click anything. Well, that's or probably do better, anything. though. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, it means she doesn't use the machine. Sure. So, it's, and, and that's why I get the call saying, "How do I do this?" And you joke, you click the thing that says that that says do, do it. A thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. do wonder looking at those uh, collision software videos as well which is on our youtube channel listeners yep. um, but all the games that we used to make it's like 
it was it just that we had time or like i think it might be it might uh, we, we had a lot of time <laughs> we did but we didn't have like broadband internet like uh, that no. probably helped because like what else i wonder if if we had had that if would we had have a, used had just access been to on the internet instead? <laughs> yeah if we'd have or or, read it or whatever or if we were perhaps slightly more affluent and just had games coming out of our ear holes because you know, if we maybe. had if we had consoles, if we had Genesis, Genesis, and, yeah, and Snezzes and or whatever, would we have just been consuming rather than making, rather than making our own? Yeah, consume. Like that must have taken a lot of time to make all that stuff. Well, yeah, because you could argue the only reason I do music now is because the Amiga had trackers, right? Yep. And I could, yeah, and 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 you know, uh, not, it wasn't called fast, and it wasn't it was it was like fast tracker, but it was called something else, like Turbo Tracker or something. Like it predated fast because mm-hmm. fast tracker is obviously PC, but um, yeah. um, but yeah, it was like a four, it was a four. <laughs> the Amiga only had four channels, so it was a four channel tracker and. I noticed that some games you could access their music from, like their fi- the files of could you just be accessed, and right. you could go like, oh, I can load I'm the music fine. for this game into into the, into Turbo Tracker, and then I can mess with it, and it's like, oh, that's cool, <laughs> well, cool. Can you imagine you could. I mean, we're so far from that now, right? Like, if a kid had a game now, would well, yeah. I mean, sometimes you can still get the soundtrack files out of the game. Sometimes. Sometimes they allow you to do that. Most of the time, they're pre-recorded like (laughs) some sort of straight-up audio file. Now they're not. They're not. um, Yes, but very rarely is anything actually tracked anymore. Yeah, it's it's an old. It's not since not since the end of the 16-bit era, really. Um, Oh no, that's not true. You could argue games like Rogue Squadron Two on the GameCube because that is a synthetic music system. Um, Sure. I mean, some games do it, I guess. But it was on the way out. But the fact that you could mess with it was yeah. what sparked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, like, again, g- g- games that just have WAV files, I guess, is the closest you're going to get. Yeah, even those yeah. are pretty rare now. But again, it's another one of these situations. Like, how did we even learn to do any of that? How did we learn to open any file types? <laughs> how did we understand the concept of shit. what a file type even is? Yeah, because basically, like, yeah... Uh, Without with the internet not around, you were safe to kind of just dick around with stuff. Well, that's true. Unless you did something stupid like relatively you know, safe. Yeah. The occasional accidents that we had, like that time where I managed to make my computer be only able to run Psychofimble. <laughs> like I edited the boot <laughs> file somehow and it only launches Psychofimble. All the time Warcraft we tried to install Warcraft 2 on my PC and it decided to wipe C drive. Motherfucker. <laughs> But your sound card My sound card did work perfectly. <laughs> perfectly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one. Bloody thing. That was a that was a bad time when it did that. Because it's like, what? How do we fix this? And like, of course, parents didn't. I didn't know. Parents didn't know. And it's like, we're gonna have to take it to a guy. Uh, yep. <laughs> I don't remember how I fixed the the boot issue I had with Psychofimble. I think I did actually manage to fix that. I think I like managed to wait a boot off a different disc. No, I think I I think I was like when you could you could still close the game so you could get back to a DOS prompt, right? So I worked out how to do it through DOS. So if you could get back to the prompt, you could launch Windows and then go and edit the file. Yeah, but But it's not like you could Google it easily like at the time. No, I'm not sure if I. I'm not sure if I fucked up the file specifically or like I installed the game wrong and it fucked up the file. 
Because, like, how the hell would it have done that? <laughs> I mean, that was the problem with Warcraft, right? If you typed the wrong directory and it would, oh, right, like, yeah, like it we did, it, 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 just, it, yeah, it just blatted whatever directory you told it. <laughs> It, it didn't question it. That, yeah. was, that was the problem. Maybe that was maybe maybe they made the classic mistake that Eve made many many years later of having their own file called Boot Oh yeah, and yeah. then accidentally overwriting the Windows one. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> you, you could do, you probably couldn't do that now, right? Does modern Windows still? Well, I mean, that, you think that happened that long? No. <laughs> I mean, who knows how many systems that affected? Like what? specific version of Windows might have let that slip past. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about PC upgrades again this this week. Yeah. I don't know why it just suddenly like triggered because I think I, I basically what happened I, I know I, okay I know what triggered it what happened was is a, a work update happened on my work PC and it was one of those unceremonious I'm restarting right bloody now you bastard right. kind of moments and it's just right. like, like what really like this still ha- like we've, they, they, they even run yeah. like draconian like management software that tries to put a pop up up that says we need to restart your machine right. you've, you've got an hour um uh, uh and it didn't do that it just it just went and it's like well great thanks for that but not only did it do that it like and, and do some sort of update like what it ended up doing was somehow messing up the I guess it did a BIOS update or something on the machine because it messed up the case fan configuration. Right. And so this is a noisy-ass PC anyway. So I had tried to configure the fans so they only came on, like, when necessary. Lower the probability of them coming on a little bit. Um, Sure, sure, sure. So we'd forgotten all of that and had just turned them all on to maximum. So it was crazy noisy in here. Um, Yeah. so then I started looking at like okay okay this, this this Ryzen processor runs hot is it supposed to run hot oh yeah no it really is supposed to run hot also I'm a few generations out on like well, on my knowledge of Ryzen processors let's go let's go have a little look oh right yeah that means I need to update my PC build spec that I was thinking of getting right. um, so yeah went through all that process and was like holy crap Ryzen's run inc- they're like designed to run at ninety five degrees C designed to run at that right so it's like super high that's very right, hot like 70 or something max i mean th- this pc like barely hits 50 to 60 it's an old intel processor but like it's you know that's a that's a lot lower like apparently that's just like the optimum temperature that that you know the you the best bang for buck like power to performance wise that those chips achieve they just they just happens to be at 95 degrees so they've designed around that and it's like this is this is the this is the sweet spot to the point where Ryzen processors will actually boost up to make sure they're running at ninety five degrees C. <laughs> like it's like it's the tar- they have a target temperature of that, um, and then they'll throttle around it. So um, the better your cooler, the harder the processor will work to get back to that temperature. Mm. Uh, which is really interesting, but still, it's like. Oh, is that going to heat this room up even more? <laughs> With bits of me, I was thinking. Anyway, that's the they're like the new seven thousand series series Ryzen chips. But um, uh, yeah, I was starting to look at that stuff again. But it's definitely it's got it's got to the point now where uh, it would be a completely new machine. Like as of like yeah. a year okay. ago, I was thinking I could get away with doing some of the bits and not all of the bits. But no, we're past that now. It's um all of the bit stuff. Like, I think they dropped DDR4 as a technology now, so if you're going to be building with new chipsets and stuff and new motherboards, you need DDR5 memory. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, that 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 was kind of the final straw. It's like ah, oh, balls, right? I'm just in new PC term, t- t- new PC town now, which leads me on to what the crap do I do with my weird Windows installs? Right? So I'm currently running like a non. <laughs> oh right, yeah. I'm currently running a dual boot to try and keep like music and podcast and production stuff separate from the gaming side, just because installing all of that stuff is a royal pain in the jacksy. Um, yeah, but that's why you preserved the last one, though. It's because it was such a mess that it was I mean, basically impossible to untangle. Well, like, you couldn't have even really made a fresh version of that Windows and rebuilt it at that point. If you care it about was so fucked up, if you care about revisiting old projects in music land, yeah. like rebuilding a system that has everything you once had is incredibly arduous, uh, mm. not easy. Um, so I haven't done it, and as a result, but I don't think I'm running like a, a secure boot or anything like that because, like, I have to run this because my old OS install didn't have any of that stuff when I made it, and I didn't want to trash it. And then I put the new OS on for the gaming side and stuff like that. New copy, the new the, the dual boot. I think the, the two didn't get on having both a sec- one one UFE on and one UFE off. Right. So I think they're both off. But now Windows 11, if I was to go do a whole new build, Windows 11 requires that. You can't run a non-UFE system anymore. So I'm like, would I be yeah. boned now? Like, if I wanted to run a Windows 11 machine, oh, do I have to start again? Um, and if I have to start again, does it make sense to just have a completely separate machine? <laughs> like, rather mm-hmm. than... Right, yeah. Because this one's filled with hard disks as well. That's like... A, it's, it's to the brim with discs and it's like well maybe i just get one really massive disc i mean but, yes but also like you have a nas drive <laughs> i have that get as well. more of that the, stuff off the yeah. NAS, yeah the nas is for backup the nas is nearly full as well um so i probably need more drives for that <laughs> videos take up space man yeah that's true happy salad needs needs space because <laughs> clearly it's very important to back up all our bullshit <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess YouTube does it yeah. as well, but I don't back up the raw or anything. I only back up the final product, no. but because yeah. that would be insane. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, that's my little random like investigation into PC. It also would be super expensive. Like, oh my god, has PC like since I since last I looked like a year or so ago, PC prices have gone mental. At least graphic yeah. cards prices are sort of more reasonable-ish, kind of. Sort of, <laughs> yeah. Actually, the graphics card is the thing I probably don't need to replace <laughs> right away. I mean, I'm still running a 1080, which is not modern no. now, but it's I I no. I use I'm using my PC for gaming less and less these days. Like it's good enough to run Derg, which is all I need. I can run Derg at max settings at high frame rate. It's fine. Um, uh, I'm really interested in that CPU juice now. Need that juice, and I would probably go Ryzen at this point in time because they're powerful and a little bit cheaper than Intel's. But if you were to go graphics, would you go AMD at this point, or is the the allure of DLSS just and some of the Nvidia specific I mean, tech just that little bit too much? I can't decide. Yeah, they they do seem to have that edge on that stuff, don't they? Um, I mean, what's it, oh, what's it, you, you basically if you want to try that? Um, um, cyberpunk crazy mode or whatever you basically have to have sure yeah the, 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 the uh, uh, yeah video, AMD aren't quite DLSS caught up with ray tracing they're not caught up yeah. with um, <laughs> uh, the I guess machine learned anti-aliasing techniques that we have thanks to DLSS they have their FSR thing which is 
isn't mm. bad, but isn't as good. Um, but they're a much better value cards. That's the problem. They kind of exactly like exactly. AMD occupy that space that they've always occupied, and that it's like, yeah, sure, their cards have got expensive too, but not as expensive as Nvidia's. Anywho, I'm thinking about all this. It's probably I probably won't pull the trigger. Well, I need to be thinking more about you it. You definitely still. need to pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, if I pull the trigger, you could probably have this. <laughs> I don't want your own your own crap machine full of stuff. <laughs> Well, it would just be the pieces. I wouldn't give you any more drives. I need what is your bike. plan, Zach? I still don't know. I still need to look at it more. But now, I, as I mentioned to Rob earlier, when we were talking about Steam updates that have just been happening, I now have a countdown on my Steam window to constantly oh, yeah, remind yeah, yeah, me yeah. that I only have 240 days until it just stops working. Yeah. Oh, really? G- what, Google, for what well, reason? Because Google... Stop supporting Chrome at the start of this year. Yeah. And therefore, everyone else is just like anything that uses Chromium is just, we're just not going to support that on Windows any longer. Sorry, to clarify. Yeah. Windows. What is the bottleneck then? So, Chrome and the Chromium project no longer support Windows 7 or 8.1. Basically, 10 onwards is the cutoff, which is, which is fair because the Windows support window has ended for those some time ago. Um, but because almost but anything on the planet is chromium powered now, um, yeah, sure, literally um, everything. A lot of not the, literally everything. A lot of the main, a lot of, a lot of the main services are now turning around and going. Well, we can't really support no. old Windows either. Um, but are you saying, Zach, you, you won't? You could upgrade on your current machine, couldn't you? Or is it impossible? <laughs> you could, in theory. But like, I mean, the free, the free Windows 10 window is not about, no, is it? It's really? over, yeah. So and, you you buy pro- it, yeah. and your machine probably couldn't deal with 11. No, it's old enough that it probably doesn't have the stuff you need. It would only be a 10 upgrade if it was 10, going to yeah. be upgraded. But I don't think I... As always, what I've said about it is like, I don't... That's the reason I didn't upgrade it to 10 during the free window. I was just like, I don't want to risk that one on this... Because my machine was old even then. <laughs> oh, 7 to 10 was fine. There was there was no real hassle there. Um, unfortunately, I'm sure about that. unfortunately, yeah. Well, it, I it, seem it, to remember that it didn't go well at the start. It wasn't a hassle for me, because um, yeah, I, I installed one fresh and I moved one OS from seven to ten, and it was fine. Um, Eleven's a problem. Oh yeah. Um, and in theory, they're doing it. I think they're starting to talk about a 12 already. I think I heard that. Windows 10 is the last version of Windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because, like, they only really need the numbers now for marketing, right? Because, I mean, I don't know. They always, it was always just for marketing. Well, they need right? something to sell. Has, yeah, exactly. The, the problem is, is a version upgrade is a, is a money spinner for Microsoft. It's like... Mm. You've got to buy more licenses. Thankfully, we haven't gone to subscription windows yet. (laughs) Because, goddamn, I'm sure they would if they could. Yeah, I think think uh, there'd be a major rebellion about that one. As as much, I think, I think Apple are probably the people that will do it first if if they're going to. I mean, Apple, Apple are way more aggressive with their cutoff points, aren't they? In their OS, yeah. they they don't last nearly as long. Before you cannot buy software for this OS anymore, you are screwed, <laughs> and then your therefore your yeah. hardware is also screwed. Uh, so yeah, if anyone's going to do it, I bet it will be Apple. Yeah, you're probably right. 
Anyway, tech update. This is a podcast about video games. We've sort of tech touched update. on video yeah. games. Yep. Sure. <laughs> but let's go into video games proper with the news. <laughs> Not that there's much to talk about news. on that front this week. I know, when I hear the Microsoft Activision rundowns, I mean, I've got some other it for so long. I mean, I've got some other, fi- other nonsense we can fill time with before video games, if you want. <laughs> Oh, well, nonsense, okay. Right. You more kitchen bits of the slash house, No, not really. Other than the, the li- baby, li- whatever we're calling that section, I've forgotten. The... Yeah, I don't know, I've forgotten already. <laughs> <laughs> the delinquent diaries, aren't they? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, I mean, there's still leak action in Needham, so, you know, that, that's news, I guess. Zach is still pleased. Um, Needham leaks. Uh, yeah, I watched that new Guy Ritchie film. Because uh, it came out, uh, it's Operation Fortune. Uh, right. It's not good. <laughs> uh, is it a historical? Well, I, no, know, I no, haven't heard anything about it. It's I think of, I heard about the last one, but not this one. It's sort of a slightly old. Well, the gentleman was great. I enjoyed the gentleman quite a bit. Um, uh, the the yeah Operation Fortune is a, it's a Jason Statham and Aubrey Plaza thing who and in fairness right. to them they are themselves yeah. and they are pretty good at being themselves so that's fine I have no no sure. be- I have no beef yeah. with them um, uh, and generally I have no beef with Guy Ritchie I think his stuff is, is I quite enjoy pretty much anything he ever makes and in fairness to this film I I was kind of enjoying it. It just makes no bloody sense. Um, so it's a sort of old school spy thing, like think Mission Impossible yeah. sort of kind of thing, where they're a um, a, a a contract or a contracted organisation, a team of misfits, if you will, that get contracted by the UK government to do the things they probably can't be seen to do, want to do themselves, and uh, so they're they're tasked with. Um, uh, trying to figure out what happened to a weapon, but they don't know. But nobody seems to know what the weapon is that was stolen from a secret facility. Like it's so secret, even the people that run the facility don't know what it is. Um, I see. Uh, and so, yeah, plays out this pretty old school cat and mouse game of trying to uh, outfox Hugh Grant. Um, you know, as you do. Um, and it's like, okay, oh yeah, Hugh Grant's in it as well, being Hugh Grant, and he's pretty good. Um, I can't. I can't. I can't really fault the performances. That's not the problem. The problem is, 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 is the plot is just totally nonsensical, and there are. It feels like it's like one of those films where the edit got in the way. Like there were more ideas and more things afloat, but the edit didn't quite cut everything um, correctly. Right. There's like the odd line here and there, and the odd bits of dialogue that, when the film rolls its credits, you go wait, but hang on, they didn't resolve that whole thing that they talked about there. And why did this guy... Okay, slight spoilers. Right at the start of the film, it's, it's revealed that Aubrey Plaza's character is coming in to replace the old comms guy, uh, known only as John, who... Um, uh, Jason Statham's character, who, by the way, is called Orson Fortune. Just let that sink in. What a name. Orson. Um, Orson. Like Orson Welles. Yeah. Orson Fortune. Nice. Should have um, considered that for the baby name. <laughs> awesome. Ken. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think that came up. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, he's replacing this guy. And he's, and he's like, I like John. John's a bit. It, it, spoilers. It turns out John is working for the bad guys. <laughs> and okay. there's, there's, there's a whole thing about John being better than Aubrey's. Like, oh, right. Like, having a face, like, having a, like, a 
pack a fight or whatever. Well, not not exactly, but that never happens. Oh, okay, that's the thing. And they just keep saying it, but it's not actually resolved. It never, it never happens. Yeah, and there's there's a lot. There's even weirder than that. There's a line in John's very last scene where he he is. There's some kind of like money interception going on, and he's like, no, no, no I've got this because I'm better than them. I'm better than them. And he stops this money transaction or something from going to where they were diverting it to. And then that's never brought up again. Like, why, why <laughs> like did you do they that? They didn't why? actually need that transaction was, after all. Was that important? <laughs> there was an awful lot of money there. Like, who's now got that money? That's kind of important. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's a few things like that, net, like, uh, sprinkled throughout it that are just like, oh, okay, this, this went through a dodgy edit. Anyway, that's my Guy Ritchie minute. Um, <laughs> It was a it was a fun time. It's just not a good movie. <laughs> yeah. There is value in that. I know we I know we all enjoy a bit of that from time to time. Uh, and the other thing I will say is I am eighty uh, percent of the way through Picard season three, and it continues to be really damn good. Yeah, I heard good things. It's, I'm gonna it's, watch it. It's don't, really don't, good, actually. Like. Don't. Excellent. Yeah, that's why I'm just skip the first two seasons of Picard yeah. and just watch the third one. You, it, it, that is perfect. They do reference stuff that happened in the first two seasons, but it's you can live without it. You just you, you kind of have to know a few things, like it, like Picard's not Picard anymore, right? He's got a, he's an android. Right, he's he's a, a positronic body right. now. Um, right. Okay. Uh, that's probably about it. As if you, re- as, you know. And it's basically just entirely about getting the old band back together in some ways, and it's kind of great. <laughs> it's kind of great. Yeah, uh, they're I'm in really space, so that you yeah. know, take, take let's that, have let's have that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so far, I don't think there's been any time travel, which also helps. <laughs> It's coming though, surely. I don't know. I'm not, there's <laughs> always some kind of time travel. Yep. Star Trek can't help time travel. <laughs> no. I don't mind it in Star Trek, as long as they don't put it in fucking Star Wars. It's, <laughs> we'll be okay. Oh, no. That, now that you've said it, I'm already like, oh, yeah, that's totally what they're going to do, aren't they? They are. <laughs> they're definitely going to do it, yeah. No, they can't. They're, Star Trek, Star Wars tech is sufficient, is like intentionally I, poop, I think, right? I, like, that's, I, I think time travel think goes too far. Just, like the Ahsoka trailer kind of hints that it might be time travel. Um, oh no! <laughs> They'll come up with some bullshit reason that you have Star Wars time travel. Like it's going to be like some hyperspace error or something where you like you go to hyperspace but you accidentally yeah. move through time instead of space or whatever. Okay, that would be kind it's of a cool. Idea. If, it doesn't uh, fit. <laughs> yes, but my, the hyperspace is already fucked. We've already we've already had Force Awakens yeah, to screw up hyperspace. Yeah, yeah, we all know all know about yeah. it. Oh, that's I mean, true. That'd be kind <laughs> of Force Awakens. It was the like the last one. The, the fucking. It'd be kind of cool. Worst. It'd be kind of cool if they did it like in that way. Like some sort of glitch causes you to perhaps like you've gone. You've lost years, right? So time. You've you've yeah, been you've I been mean, in hyperspace think, for some weird period is, of time and come back like fifty years later. Or I mean, something. I think that is in. The old extended universe law that happens in Star Wars. There's, yeah. been, there's been slow hyperspace. Right. As long as you then don't then don't say like, uh, like you can go backwards. Right. <laughs> yeah. as, as long as you don't break that by saying you can go, but you just live with it. You, you, you know, you're, you're far from Futurama. You're you're, you're screwed. Yeah. You're in. The- <laughs> um, 
I mean, that I'm okay with. I'm totally that, okay with that. Are you okay with that? Like, yeah. Is it, would that just be a weirdly contrived re- reason to have a convenient way to reboot the Star Wars universe, but not reboot it? Or to be like, bring old oh, characters act, yeah, into the current timeline. Sure. Just like, we've accidentally ended up a thousand years in the future, so none of that previous stuff matters. So we can do the whole free trilogy of movies again. Sure. <laughs> future, future dev stuff. You know what? Whatever, I'm I'm on. That's oh, that, that's all right. The, the Force Awakens is still a pretty great movie, even though it's a retread. Like, so I'm just I'm I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. Okay. You're one third okay. I'm, I'm one third okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's thirty three percent acceptable plan, <laughs> depending on what you do with the rest of the trilogy. There's been, there hasn't really been any news on that, is there? About about what Disney's doing with Star Wars. What, I mean, apart from the things that they're Asoka, currently Asoka, releasing. Yes. Yeah, well, like, like, they're not... There's no, like, new trilogy plan in... We haven't had a yeah, bunch of people in not, Ireland flying drones over Star Wars ships yet. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I think they're... Like, shit is going to come, uh, but it'll take a while for them to make... They should just stop. <laughs> Quit while they're ahead. But, well, not that they are ahead. <laughs> Quit while they they're not completely time, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, well, never mind. They never will. Anyway, sorry. I've de- derailed for long enough. That was all I've got to say. Watch right, pic- let, watch, let's get in there. Watch Picard potentially skip Operation Fortune. <laughs> Go watch cool. it when you're high. Rex. <laughs> Good Rex. Okay. Uh, news! News! Right. Uh, Come on, then. There may be not much. But well, let's let's tell do the biggie. Going on. The UK's CMA is currently blocking the purchase of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft, and uh, I don't understand the reasoning. I'm hoping Zach might be able to explain this with some amount of logic. Not really. Um, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any kind of like deep dive. You know, explanations of what, yeah. what exactly is going on. I really want to see like um, there's a there's a there's a uh, there's a YouTube channel called Hogue Law yeah. where that's pretty good with this sort of stuff, and uh, I'm yet to see him weigh in. I mean, he, um, he's having problems at the moment. Yes, he is. Like shout shout out to Hogue. Um, uh, I should, maybe I should specify that slightly more and not just laugh about it because okay he had a stroke yeah it's a pretty that's big the problem that I'm referring okay. to it's, it's, it's a pretty pretty he's big, recovered pretty big. really well though yeah it's a pretty so. pretty big deal but uh, yeah shout out to, to him absolutely um, but yeah his content is on is on this sort of material is normally pretty great um, yeah um, so when he when he does do some breakdowns I'm I'm all over it. Um, but yeah, at the moment, what it looks like is like basically the UK is they're not interested in the console market after all, after all that like kind of positioning from Microsoft and Sony and all that stuff. That is not the problem. Well, there. It, it kind of seems like like they it was like they were worried about the console market initially, and then Microsoft were like, "Don't worry about it. We we make all these promises, and we'll yeah, put yeah, Call yeah. of Duty on every console for ten years." And then at the last minute, they've just been, been like, "But what about cloud gaming? Oh shit." <laughs> Here's the surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> Here's the thing about that, though. Microsoft have been doing the same thing in that space as well. They signed and they wrote an agreement to NVIDIA because NVIDIA raised concerns. Right, yeah. Um, because apparently the NVIDIA streaming platform is noteworthy. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know how the NVIDIA stuff works. It, like, as far as I'm aware, it lets you access your own Steam library and you pay a subscription to them. And it's like, what? It, so I'm not sure NVIDIA sells the games. I don't quite know how that works. Um, that you're just paying for hardware access, I yeah, guess. I, I mean, um, like some kind of weird Steam Deck almost. Yeah, kind of. Um, I don't know if you can access through. I assume you can access it through your PC if you want, but like it's a. I think it was originally designed for the Steam Shield, uh, the Nvidia Shield, yeah. um, and those products. Um, anywho, yeah. So Microsoft have already been in that space, being and, and have written to Nvidia and sort of. I don't know if they signed like any agreements with Nvidia or something, but basically saying like, look, we're not going to hold back anything we were doing from you either. It's like this doesn't change anything. You, you, you are welcome to Call of Duty. That kind of stuff. But maybe it um, was different and, and because NVIDIA of the way actually, NVIDIA worked. Well, NVIDIA responded to that at the time, saying, this has um, alleviated our concerns. Right. Um, so it, as far, NVIDIA replicated, effectively. But, but doesn't that... Because <laughs> of the way the NVIDIA one works, it's sort of... It would be more of a case of just, like, locking up the Windows Store or whatever. Something like obviously that, yeah. Steam. But as well, but like it's it's not exactly the same as Sony's competing product of the Sony streaming service that only works on right. on PlayStation. Yeah, and and the Sony streaming service isn't the same as Game Pass. No. Um, uh, I don't even know if it's what it's called. Is it Game Pass streaming or is it because it's not Project X Cloud anymore? I think I think it might just be called Game Pass streaming now. Um, uh, it's not the same, yeah, because the PlayStation Plus offering isn't. I don't think they let you stream like the entire PlayStation Plus library. I think it's primarily designed as a as a way of getting around like PlayStation Three emulation of all things, right? Um, because Sony haven't got PlayStation Three emulation, but you know the emulation scene is doing that for them. It seems at the moment. Um, so they so they stream those games to the console. Um, I don't. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that there is... I mean, maybe that's the problem, that it is only Microsoft and NVIDIA in that space, and Sony actually aren't in that space. And, well, so, I mean, and so owning Call of Duty and stuff actually then takes... Uh, is the console war argument, but between Microsoft and NVIDIA instead of Microsoft and Sony? Well, all the fact but, that theoretically Sony wants to start doing this stuff, but, but hasn't yet really... It's like, it, the problem might be that, there, that there's a lot of predictions going on where it's like oh the game streaming market is going to become bigger and there's going you're going to want several different companies to be competing in it and therefore we can't allow this monopoly to happen before so the, before the competition even exists i mean i guess my my argument against that and and in fairness I don't. It, this is going to come out like i'm every time we talk about this it sounds like i'm defending microsoft a bit too much uh but I just don't see the logic in this. There have been competitors. People have tried long before Game Pass streaming, and they have come yeah, and gone. Yeah, but that's because like, the Game technology Pass was older. That's like we're still in the in the making this work phase of this. Yeah, thing. I, well, that's what I mean. I don't know that it's even uh, the only the only proven business model for it is Nvidia's. Right, everyone else has failed. The the Game Pass streaming is a is a free add on to Game Pass, so it's hard to judge whether or not it on its you know works on its own merits. Are people coming to Game Pass just to stream? Mm. Um, we and, and and unless Microsoft tell us that, I don't think we know. Um, 
at this point. So Nvidia, the only people big. I mean, there were a lot, there are actually quite a lot of little streaming companies about now. Like yeah. you, you, um, every time I was at AGX, there'd be a little booth for a, maybe one or two companies that were running competing. Oh, you can stream off our own hardware and run your own Steam library off our hardware, like exactly like what Nvidia are doing, but uh, but someone else. I, mean, I think um, there's quite a few of those about and. I mean, I think that's the idea, right? Is that like because we're still at the point where the the people are trying to get into this? It's it's because the comparison that people will make is to like how it shouldn't be a problem if Microsoft and Sony make two different streaming platforms because you will just subscribe to both of them like you do with Netflix and Amazon and all the other streaming services on the on the on the visual media side of things. Cool. Sure, when, like, sure. it, like subscribing to multiple services is not an unusual thing any longer. No, assuming they're all a decent price. But that's a, that was a different situation because all the big companies like got in that simultaneously, essentially, and the technology already existed. It's like it wasn't really having to work these things out and then like startups and whatever. Mm. It was just the big companies were just like, oh yeah, we can just like make a YouTube <laughs> or whatever. Right, not yeah. really, but similar. Whereas in this case, it's like yeah, because the technology got good enough and more and readily available enough that like like anyone could do it to yeah. an extent. But then that's in, why we have so many like like channel only yes. like platforms Specific for your ones. smart TV. But in the, in the streaming case, it's like people haven't worked that out yet, and then the implication is that like if you at this point allow Microsoft to get Call of Duty and then that that does influence the market much more severely because there's less options at this point. But then if you're going to get people into Microsoft before the other people can even compete. I mean, do they, do they have the incorrect assumption that it was Microsoft that killed Stadia? I mean... I don't think I, so. I mean, yeah. I don't think they know about <laughs> You think? Um, because, like, yeah, Stadia killed itself with, with a bad business model. Like not not sure. not because of tech, um. <laughs> but then is that an argument in favour of blocking the uh, the monopoly? If 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 you're even considering that maybe there's like some aspect of the tech side of it, where it's like if Microsoft monopolises the tech, I mean they should because it's like that's not the same as monopolising content. No, and they but they also can't now, right? Because multiple people own that sort of tech sony have that tech yeah thanks to who did they buy play playdia no not playdia they bought a company yes, that were do. doing this before anyone else yes. um uh yeah they're doing amazon's got that tech and they've been trialing it supposedly internally but they've not released anything but it does just seem like uh, i might be wrong on that i can't it, remember the amazon side of it but uh google obviously tried and failed um does, they have that tech. It does just seem like they like these. The regulators made Microsoft promise to release Call of Duty everywhere, and then forgot to make them to promise to release it everywhere on streaming. But they sort of have. That's the <laughs> but thing. Not as, not as much. Yeah, I guess not like, as vigorously. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. But like, <laughs> what would it take? They just have to ask Microsoft, and that Microsoft would be like, "Yeah, whatever." At this point, it's like we're, we're putting it everywhere I mean, else. Maybe, Why not? Yeah. Maybe when they go to appeal or whatever, they'll be like, well, what, well, maybe we will allow Call of Duty on Sony's streaming service. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't ask. I mean, uh, yeah, that's, what, that's, that's exactly what I mean. I don't think, it, I don't think Microsoft would say, no, we're, on this one particular thing, we're going to hold COD back. Like, why would we do that? Uh, Unless there is some kind of, like, I, I, like, 
additional maybe they maybe there's some additional like layer to this to do with king or something where it's like they're monopolizing the mobile streaming market even though that is just, that is is just there the mobile a market, market there yeah <laughs> i don't know that's a thing no i don't know what i'm like this is the problem with this it seems like this is weirdly as weirdly too unspecific at this point in this process and, whereas, also, and kind of late to suddenly come up with this and to also throw an additional wrinkle into what you could argue is that marketplace you've got people like capcom and ubisoft doing cloud versions of their games for the switch right right so those are technically mm. cloud streaming games that you buy like a game on the on the switch but it's actually running off but it's not in a service it's just a it's just a background thing exactly yeah, that yeah. Runs the game. So, some, they're using some background technology to run it off capcom or ubisoft which are probably using some other service yeah to to, to run their games um so the cloud market is a bit more complicated than having i mean you know even if microsoft did have a monopoly there's nothing stopping publishers from doing that right and being like well we're just going to sell you a game but it's actually streaming like you've bought the stream you've bought the cloud version of this game so we'll give you a client with which to play it mm, maybe it's a it's a i mean it's it's a it's a super weird marketplace because it's kind of undefined yes, like it does, doesn't properly exist yet really yeah so how can you claim monopolies upon it it's it's so it's so weird it's so strange um well, I mean, that, I can't wait for this breakdown. <laughs> that, I mean, that does seem like that's the angle, right? It's, yeah. it's because it's such a small market that any amount of monopolization is bad. <laughs> and because it's Microsoft, probably that, and they've got so much money behind it, probably they look at it and go, well, you could dominate if you wanted. Yeah. I, mean, I don't subscribe to that opinion, but maybe that's what they're thinking. What do I know? I'm just a dude in a hot room on a mic. Yeah, <laughs> it's starting to warm up. It is starting to warm We're up. We're only halfway through the podcast. I'm going to put the fan on. <laughs> I opened my window for the first time this year. Yep, we've been doing that in the living room. Definitely got warm in there. Actually, I opened it yesterday when there was a thunderstorm going on because thunderstorms yeah. are cool. That was a rad one as well. Yeah. How I did your baby like? <laughs> Indifferent. Okay, couldn't give a monkeys. Um, uh, I went out driving actually because I, I, I went went to play squash last night and uh, uh, yeah was oh, dri- yeah. was driving in it and, and got to see some proper lovely ground striking lightning bolts. Hmm. It was a good local news. First one of the year. Yeah. Probably proper bassy rumbles. Well, that's why I was wondering if the baby would have noticed because, like, the but it's always the bassy ones that get animals, right? I suppose. But yeah. it's the short, sharp. I mean, obviously, the short, sharp ones piss them off as well. <laughs> like, it's a different effect. Yeah, <laughs> it's less shock and more oh. terror. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, Mars, Mars didn't seem fussed at all by uh, uh, by the lightning and the thunder. I mean, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't super ground strikey, like literally here. Like you can see them, but they weren't like hitting directly next to your house and making it extremely loud. <laughs> no, no, it was still some way off. But it was pretty clear the couple that I saw, though. You know, not like like fudged by cloud cover mm. or whatever, or blurred out. They were they were pretty sharp. I don't think it was too far away. 
I looked on the lightning map and it's like oh, oh yeah, yeah that cool thing I love but that thing happening relatively close by yeah. but that, that map doesn't distinguish ground and cloud strikes so yeah you never can tell I'm sure there was a version of maybe not on that same website but I'm sure I've seen a version of the of lightning trackers that can distinguish cloud strikes and ground strikes hmm. I wonder how they do that like does someone have to like be like I've seen this no I don't think it's visually <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like I think you can detect it electronically. Like it, the 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 electromagnetic wave that comes off it is different between a cloud, ground strike yeah. and a cloud strike. I think it's because it's like it's literally the opposite charge. Oh, like interesting! Like when it's cloud to ground, it's like positive or something, and then cloud strikes are negative. Right. Oh, I don't know how that works. That exactly. was the same. Oh, hmm. yeah, because I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to claim to understand it, but no. I, guess, I guess I guess the clouds charge one way, and the ground is sort of a neutral. I mean, that's so how it's, it's that's how it's always represented in those. Like, how does lightning work? Where it's like because the cloud is generating a static charge, it gets like negative, and then the ground yeah. is positive, and then it earths it or whatever. But then when relatively then, positive, yeah. I guess. But then it's like, how does that work between two clouds? And then maybe that's why it's a different charge. Yeah, we don't really know. Look up the science yourself. On- Wikipedia or ask ChatGPT to tell you a lie about it. Do <laughs> <laughs> you see that thing that Google, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that Google dem- put a demo for Bard up and the very first thing it said was incorrect? Well, I, I tested it one time. <laughs> was it, wasn't it, they were saying that there was it the JS... How do you pronounce it? How do you say it? The, that telescope. The, is it the JSWT? Yeah. Oh, James Webb. Space, Webb space, JWST. Space, that way around. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like this is the first one to take pictures of plan- like exoplanets, and it's like no, no, it's not. <laughs> it depends on your definition of picture, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I randomly got into that early version of Barn, and I was just oh, like, yeah, yeah. I was I only te- I was speaking about trying it more, but I only really tested it one time, and I was like, oh, yep, yeah, that works the same. <laughs> Looks good, apart from the one bit that's completely wrong. <laughs> Could you ask it about the Activision Blizzard takeover? <laughs> Probably. No, I was I was testing it on. on I was like, okay, I, this is something I'm thinking about that, that I'm not 100 percent sure about. And then I obviously I was just looking up on Wikipedia, but let's just put this question into into Bard and see what it says. So I was asking it about like the difference or why there is a difference between chemical reactions being endothermic and exothermic. Okay. Like what yeah. actually causes that exactly? Mm. And it got the yeah. it got the sciencey part of that right, but then when it tried okay. to do like a real world example to like you know make it simpler or whatever, mm. it hilariously cocked it up where it's just like it was talking about when you're cooking <laughs> an egg, the reason the white goes from clear to white is because of the chemical reaction, which is an exothermic chemical reaction, and it was just using that as an example. Is it? Well, well, I mean, I don't even know if that's part's true or not, but it could well be. Mm. But then it. Hilariously, the bit that it got wrong, it was like, and the, the it was like the reason the egg white changes from clear to white is because of a chemical reaction, which is an exothermic reaction, which is why the pan gets hot. <laughs> and it's like you seem to have fundamentally oh. misunderstood what cooking uh, is. Amazing. <laughs> I, I love that. Let's just make a connection. It's like okay, there's heat here. Yeah. Okay. The heat must have come from the reaction. Yeah. Yeah. It would be really convenient if you could heat up a pan by just chucking an egg in it. <laughs> It cooks itself. Yeah, I mean that's amazing, awesome. though, isn't it? That it made that. If it, I mean, if it's thought, yeah, quote unquote thought process put that together in that way, that's kind of amazing, but also hilarious. Yep. 
Well, like that's how it's looking at what it just said, right? And what it expects you, what 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 makes most sense according to the model to say next. Mm. So it obviously has the context of oh, I just said this thing gave out heat, uh, and it's in a hot situation. And it was trying so... to create that kind of <laughs> traditional example where you end with, and that's why the thing happened. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> need that form. That, yeah, fit that form. Yeah, TLDR pan got hot because of egg. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting i find it more interesting when it fucks up than when it oh yeah it right yeah because like it's, it's i mean how it's trying it makes it mildly worrying that microsoft have lent into it so hard <laughs> well, that, that everyone's that, trying to lean into it so well, hard well yeah but at least they, most people have launched it as separate services because it's like bing is now bing is now one of those yeah it just integrated so it's like yeah, the things it could suggest might actually just be totally non total nonsense now. So I guess I guess that's what that was being before anyway, but <laughs> it's all search engines, technically. Not because of AI usually. It's just, just because there's bullshit on the internet. You just gotta use Bing every now and then to get those get your Microsoft reward points up. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> What else is going on in news? Not anything as much. No, no, it's not as interesting as Activision Blizzard. Um, we should probably talk about. Uh, let's, let's 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 start. I'm going to start with Jedi Survivor. <laughs> yep. Because okay, that seems like it's a pretty good game on console. Yep. The PC not, version not PC. is atrocious. Like right. And uh, this okay. shouldn't come as a surprise to us because apparently Fallen Order wasn't a particularly well optimised game for yeah, PC. Think, I, well, I don't remember anyone right, complaining yeah. about it this much. That one. <laughs> no, I mean, it, I mean, I think Digital Foundry did, but like they did their usual, this isn't good enough. Uh, um, <laughs> but what is for Digital Foundry, really? Sure. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they really, they really tore it apart, and then they'd look at this one and go, nothing has changed. It's the same. It's the same. Mm. Like, all of the same problems <laughs> Which are here. is what you would expect, I guess. Yeah. So... Yeah, don't buy it on PC, which makes it all the more annoying, like and frustrating, I guess, when it turns up on Steam's like best-selling list. There's like, yeah, we're the Jedi Survivor is 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 climbing the charts, what and is, you're like, what's his Steam review rating? I don't know, actually. Yes, yeah, you can click on the window; it's open right now. It is. Yeah, <laughs> we, can, we can check that out. But anyway, yeah, it's a classic thing where like, um, uh, it, it seems like it's very difficult for PC developers to get shader compilation issues, right? Sorted. That is an inter- it is an interesting thing, shader compilation. It's a weird quirk of modern 3D graphics, but that just takes so much time to get right. And if you try and do it on the fly, you're in for trouble. Because mm. um, it, it basically interrupts pretty much anything that the GPU is up to when you do it. Um, what is the deal, though? Like, why can't they predict what shaders are going to need? Well, most games on PC do. And in fact, a lot of console games right. do as well. So, like, I don't know if you've... When was the last time you played a Forza Horizon game and wondered why the hell is this taking so long to load? Um, that's right. what it's doing. Like, behind the scenes, it's it's doing shader compilation and preparing stuff. For On PC, it's slightly more challenging, right? Because you've got... You don't know what hardware you're running on. Yeah. So, so actually, some games on console will actually have already pre-compiled all the shaders as part of the code they ship, right? So everything's ready to go. Um, but on PC, they can't yeah. do that. They have to. Sure, um, sure, sure. They have to tailor the game to what you're running. Um, 
uh, yeah, so that, so often there can be a like an extended load the first time you launch a game because it's trying to figure that stuff out. Um, and then in theory, if you don't change your hardware, it's got that nailed and you should be okay. Um, and Jedi Survivor actually does have one of those steps. It, like it does that on launch of the game. It will go, right, I'm compiling some stuff. I'm sorting this out for you. You should be good. And then still exhibits what look like classic shader lock compilation hitching when you run the game. So it's almost like it like it does that pass, caches up a whole bunch of stuff and then throws it away. <laughs> and then sucks it away. Just decides okay. this isn't what I needed after all at all. <laughs> Why did we do this? Yeah, so it's like it's okay, it's down the list, but it's there. Oh, it's mixed though. Well, what percentage? <laughs> Come on, new steam. Load the actual information. Yeah, mixed reviews. Nope. Wait for performance fixes. <laughs> <laughs> I am not your beta tester. <laughs> now let's over the where it says mix and see what the percentage is. 56. 56 are positive. Yeah, okay. That's pretty That's, that's about pretty as low. bad as Kerbal Space Program 2 on launch. <laughs> that's pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> performance cannot be overlooked. And it's like, yeah. Because it's digital foundries breakdown, like because of the, the hitching and stuff like that. It's also like quite poor at CPU management and stuff like that. So like it tends to a lot of the game logic ends up ending ending up on a single thread at right. times, and so it's not. Uh, it's not, so even if you have like a more expensive processor, the problem is a lot of the time is those processors they don't improve your single core performance; they just add a whole bunch more cores. Yeah. So uh, mm. you're not really going to gain from having a super powerful CPU. Um, in this instance, it's a poor it's a poor show. Poor show, EA. Poor show. It's also mildly disappointing because because it's a respawn product, right? And it's like Titanfall was fine. <laughs> they should know what they're doing. Well, you can argue was Titanfall fine in the uh, tech department. Also, I guess you remember what Titanfall was like when you ran it the first few times. I mean, sure, <laughs> it took about an hour to compile it, whatever shaders it did at the time, and decompress and decompress the audio. Audio, yeah, <laughs> that, that took forever. Uh, and also, actually, I think Titanfall was running on a respawn. Uh, their own engine. Yeah. I, I, I think Jedi runs on Unreal. Um, I think I might. I think I'm remembering that right. Um, anywho, oh yeah, it's Unreal. Yeah, it's not the new Unreal. It's the no, it's four still. But current um, Unreal. Yeah, four. Anyway, all of that kind of pales in comparison to the other bit of news in that uh, Redfall is apparently an awful, awful game. <laughs> Apparently, even worse than Jedi. Yeah, and, and, and not just because. It, I, I, okay, it has its fair share of technical problems. Like apparently, there's texture popping everywhere. There are visual glitches. Uh, apparently, the, I, I think I read somewhere that the actual like networking side of it isn't good either, which is somewhat poor for a four-player co-op. Well, it's not even Shooter. drop in, drop out. It's the main problem everyone has. With it. Oh, so it's a core design. You actually have to lobby to join up with people. No, oh, right? Okay. Fine, um, yeah. So like that, it, tip of the iceberg is basically what I'm saying. Like the technical side is not the real problem with with Redfall. The 30 FPS thing we mentioned was it one one or two podcasts ago that even they said, you know, I'm sorry guys, it's not going to be ideal at launch. That's not the problem. The game itself is actually just the snore fest, um, and that's 
surprising in a number of ways and it's like okay annoying for me because obviously uh, like Redfall's on my fantasy critic team negative and, uh, points no, it's, it's actual negative point scorer yeah because the reviews are so low so incensed by this I went and read, <laughs> read a whole bunch of reviews and checked out a lot of the things and it's like yeah. oh, the game doesn't seem to sound great like, I'm not, I'm not going to put that I'm not going to I'm not going to dispute that i think the scores might be being lowered by arcane's pedigree right a little bit and the, of course the people that are going to re- be reviewing a game by arcane are going to be fans of arcane and so there's a bit of bias bringing some of the there's, in fairness a great deal of the reviews have probably got a little bit of that going on saying like this is an arcade game it should be like badass and rad and i'm a fan and i'm so disappointed that they put out this 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 yeah. crap show quite a few but, people said somewhat that about Deathloop as well not right. as strongly but Deathloop was pretty well received generally i mean it's not necessarily i mean it's got a lot of arcanes like hallmarks mm. in it um Actually, maybe that was the maybe that was the opposite problem. Maybe that was maybe the problem too. Arcane. Yeah, you might be right. Whereas this, uh, I mean, it's. Uh, let me jump ahead a little bit and be like, like, like Phil Spencer has actually come out and said, "Yeah, we're not happy about it either." <laughs> um, <laughs> which wow, uh, it's an like, indictment, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he was. It was. It was putting it out in the sense of like that. Uh, they weren't expecting it to review as badly as it did. Apparently, their internal processes—they—they they, they were one of the—they did the thing that a lot of publishers do, which is mock review process, where they—they they, there are people out there that are hired to not do reviews for public consumption, but to do reviews for internal feedback. A bit like a focus group, but you feed it through a guy, and they write up what they think is good and bad and stuff like that. And those were apparently pretty good so they felt like they were in a decent place to release um and then they released it and were proven horribly wrong um yeah um so yeah he's come out and saying like we need to look at our internal processes we don't intend to do this and it's like of course it's another blow for microsoft's first party output they they really don't need um because they're not they, they still haven't had that 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 big hitter for for many many years. It still hasn't happened. Um, I mean, I guess Horizon Five was was really good reviews wise, but it's another one of those, yeah. right? Like it's it's a safe bet. Uh, Halo Infinite's campaign did well, but then they dropped the ball on Infinite multiplayer. Minecraft Legends and Dungeons haven't lit the world up. I mean, I mean, well, that was less likely to happen. I mean, Legends did slightly better than Dungeons, but yes. but. But still, the only thing that has gone well for them is Hi-Fi Rush, which is obviously a standout classic, and like it's it's superb. But yeah, that, but, yeah. But they need more than but just one big hitter. Um, and has that actually done well enough? Like, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, what is the commercial success of Hi-Fi Rush? I've got no idea. Like, well, yeah. I mean, even if it was, even if you could say it was a commercial success, it's going to be like comparative to its budget basically sure. it's not like it's a triple a game really i mean no i mean depending I, on your definition it was definitely a smaller team at tango that were working on it than stuff like ghostwire and stuff like that yeah um, so if, if it if it did well that could still be like way smaller than a normal triple a game yeah doing well as far as microsoft is concerned they might consider that a a bigger win even if the numbers are lower right yeah 
if the if the budget to make it was lower. Yeah. Um, just yeah, just, it's a shame. Like, um, they, they've committed to fixing it technically anyway, <laughs> but um, even I don't, I don't think there's any fixing that game. Is the problem? It's like it's, uh, the problems are too fundamental. Yeah, the actual um, gameplay. And there are some aspects that look suspiciously like it was rushed. Like it might have been forced to release for filling Game Pass windows or something. Mm. But that's just speculation on that front. But like the fact that the cutscenes are all motion comic style is like that's suspicious. Like it it seems like that sounds like a budget cut somewhere. It seems like that was not not even very much effort would have needed to turn these into real actual models because they don't even do much. It's more the fact that we haven't seen any sign that that was going to be a thing in any of the marketing lead up to it, right? It was like it it seemed like it would be a slightly more, uh, I don't know, less 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 abstract. I suppose it's like I don't I don't know if that I would have any. Inkling that there would be motion comics at all, that well, it would all be done in engine person, or like yeah. you wouldn't have thought it would be a like a cutscene essentially, almost in maybe, that maybe kind not. of game. Yeah, maybe maybe not that far. But you just like, talk to a person in the world and then they tell you things. Yeah, or or maybe it would be a cutscene, but it would be because it's a co op thing, it would be presented with one of those old players vote to skip scenes mm, um maybe. systems. Um because the weirdest thing that I because I was watching Jeff Gerson play some of this, but like when you start a mission and it does one of these motion comic style cutscenes to, you know, have the guy explain the mission or whatever, that's sort of okay, but like, you know, looks kind of cheap or whatever, mm. kind of low budget. But then the, in but one then of is the... That, is that higher budget than actually just having the guy in the world talk to you? Well, maybe, I guess, but, <laughs> but not, maybe doesn't fit as well. Mm. But then the weird thing was he was doing a mission where he had to like, he had to get a, a movie, like a film camera real that had like information about what happened or whatever and he had to stop it stop the mercenaries from burning it and then take it to the movie theater so you could play it on the movie theater projector for some reason because i guess it's compatible but so when he got this this film reel and put it in the movie projector on the physical movie screen in the world it plays a motion comic scene and it's just like that's weird oh that is strange yeah (laughs) Like yeah. you couldn't even make an in in engine cutscene of that specifically. That is pretty weird. It's, it's a bit immersion breaking. Yeah. Unless there was some like uh, they were like, well, it's just how this magic works. It just it, <laughs> it, just, make, it makes everything low frame rate. It, record, so it looks like a motion comic. It records everything as a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we don't know why. Just some quirk of the magic. It was very strange. And then, you know, at the end of a little bit, a little bit like that. The, the, was it the, the the Discworld show we watched? Was it uh, the right. Watchman? Yeah, no. the Watchman. Was it the Watch? Sorry, the Watch. The watch. Yeah, with the you know they have those little guys drawing the, <laughs> the, sure, the low like, tech drawing the videos essentially. Um, yeah, but yeah, you watch this motion comic on a movie projector, and then at the end of that scene, when the when the end of the film room comes up, it does the stupid film burning effect. Except it's like the film burning effect is running faster than the film because the film doesn't have a frame rate. It's just playing this movie burning effect over the over the end of it. Bit jank. Yeah, it's just weird. So yeah, maybe that game was rushed in some ways, or maybe uh, it was just always bad. Who knows? It sounds like it was 
budget hamstrung. Yeah. Like the team had ideas and then couldn't execute. But regardless of that, apparently it just doesn't play very well. I mean, let's That's not... maybe the important part. Yeah, but the, the thing I remember here as well is this is a little bit outside of Arcane's wheelhouse. Sure. Like making a four-player co-op shooter looter shooter specifically that's a little bit out of what they do it's not the quote-unquote immersive sin that that arcane are known for um and uh phil spencer did say in 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 his comments that uh we we are encouraging studios to to take risks we want them to take risks we don't want them to just make the status quo games because i guess Microsoft have enough of that. <laughs> they have their forces. They have their gears. They have their. They want. They want the studios they've acquired to get creative and make, um, and <laughs> they, make things. They that, want the studios they've acquired to make the games they were going to make before they got acquired. <laughs> to some extent, yeah. It's like you're a talented team. Do what you want to do. I think is what they're trying to say. What rather than what it might financially make sense to do. Yeah. Like, like take a risk, and that's great. Like I'm all on board with that. But the problem with that is, is like that's not going to hit every time. Um. And this might potentially be the first or be close to the first beginning to end project that was Microsoft overseen. Um, Hi-Fi Rush might be in that camp as well. Not quite sure. But we, it's um, hard to tell. You know, out, of, out of their Bethesda acquisition, I mean. Yeah, um, it's hard to tell how the, how that works in the Bethesda situation specifically, though. Because it still feels like, I mean, even the way they've presented the whole Microsoft and Bethesda situation seems like they're kind of still independent. Yeah. So it might still have been more of a Bethesda overseeing project on yeah. some level. And, and uh, the other thing to remember is Arcane is multiple studios now. Yeah. They're, not, they're not just Arcane. Um, so this was Arcane Austin, who were behind Prey. Um not the same arcane that was behind Deathloop, like recently. There's no way they, those could have. Wow, that close together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it just goes to show. So yeah, please take risks. It's fine, but they're not all going to land. Um, the problem is Microsoft needs them to land. <laughs> at, least, at least a couple. Yeah. yeah. This year, ideally. It just goes to show once again that you can't beat Left 4 Dead. <laughs> People have tried and they've always failed. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Dig. That barely counts. <laughs> or Vermintide. Vermintide's sure, pretty that good. Okay. Alright. Uh, and other than that Gran Turismo movie trailer that I thought looked kind of okay, Dan Fink looks pure cringe. I think it. I think it looks okay. Yep. I think it was the. I think it might have been the right call if they were going to make a Gran Turismo film. I think going down the Gran Turismo Academy route and like how the game turned people into drivers and I how and how real driving might be about. A bit. I mean, what else could you do? You know, like, would it have been would... some guy like buying a an old camper van and then tuning it up to run like in in, in professional racing? Well, or... I mean, apparently now you could make it an Olympic story. <laughs> <laughs> Training right. for the Olympics in Gran Turismo. I thought it would just be about racing or whatever, or a racing team, and and be Gran Turismo theme. But I didn't know it was actually. Didn't think it would actually be about the game Gran Turismo. Right. And, but yeah. I get that there's a real thing that happened or whatever. Yeah, there was a, a real story and some real game. drama and yeah. some real yeah consequences. Sure, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it would be like Days of Thunder or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway. I mean that would have been fine. You know, that's, ugh, no, no, no. You said that. Yeah, that probably would have been fine too. 
given how much called Gran Turismo, you yeah, know? yeah. G- given how much I love, what was it the the recent Le Mans sixty six film? Yeah, I, yeah, I, more along. I, I thought that was good. Yeah. That's a fantastic film. I enjoyed watching that. Um, yeah, it was good. Um, you can make yeah, you can make dri- you can make proper driving for. films. Is what I mean. Driving and racing team films. You can do it. It's fine. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. Russia's pretty good as well. If you haven't seen that, that's about the uh, the whole classic James Hunt, Nicky Lauda rivalry in Formula One. Mm. That's a pretty good film. Go watch that. Also, if you like documentaries, the Senna one is amazing. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I need to see that. I need well to good. see that. Recommended. Yeah, you'd be into that. Do need to watch that. Yeah, I agree. Right, are we done with the news? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, guess so. I think it might be time <laughs> for what you've been playing. Unless <laughs> you want to mention how many Zelda spoilers there are now. No, I do not. No. Don't want to know about it. I mean, yeah, we'll it, talk about it, Zelda the whole next game time. is leaked, apparently. At this yeah, point. I'm sure. Mm. I mean, that's not actually surprising, really. Because games are always. It's nearly out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, it will just happen. The physical copies will be about, right? Yeah. And then someone, someone will have. Yeah. People are getting arrested, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nintendo are breaking down people's doors as we speak. Uh, I mean, semi-related note that fits into this section, Jack, Zach showed me the ending to Breath of the Wild last last week. I guess that's sort of what we played, except not really. We actually did that. It's like, okay, point number one, I forgot kind of how good that game actually looks because Hyrule Warriors doesn't look as good as it. So we've played so much of that since that it's just like... yeah. Oh wow! This is actually this is a good looking game. It's <laughs> useful, like yeah, even on the Switch, even on the Switch, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it runs, it runs, and it runs so much smoother than I was expecting. Yeah, most um, of the time. Uh, but also, I kind of didn't need to see that ending. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah, it's not like, really necessary. It's, yeah. it's a bit. I don't know. I found it quite underwhelming, actually. Like you've gone well, through, like you will have gone through all of that experience and all of that magical journey, and then it's just like bloop, the end. Like, well, I agree, and it's like that. That is, but I mean, it's it's a bit unfair, isn't it? Because it's like, oh, the game was so good all the way through. You, you're bound to be kind of disappointed by the ending, but then sure. at the same time, it. it can't, I mean, that Ocarina of Time ending. Like it may be cheesy or whatever, but like, oh my god, iconic <laughs> with the, all of the sections and like running down the castle. You know, we just did it recently. Oh sure. Like, Apart from the actual last yeah. last fight part, which I thought was kind of naff, but like, yeah, what, what with the Ganon himself? Or yeah, whatever, you know, we were fighting yeah. Pig Ganon or whatever and attacking his tail, yeah. and it's like I don't know. Uh, that, yeah, that, that didn't cool. quite work for me. Like it didn't mechanically. I think it mechanically didn't hang together yeah, as well yeah, as absolutely. the rest of the game did. Um, Not quite as good as Salonge Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> Salonge Bowser. The end of Mario 64. Yeah. Well, not even the end, is it? It's like every, every fight. Yeah. Every, pretty much, yeah. Pretty much every Bowser fight. Yeah, yeah, um, true, yeah. But yeah, like, but I kind of, I mean, that's an apt comparison. The ending of Breath of the Wild to me kind of had that vibe. Like, I wasn't even playing it, I was just watching it. But like that, yeah. especially the, the, yeah. the very, very last thing you do, I was just like, oh, this, this feels a little underbaked. Like, yeah, sure. I I think I had the stupid. I looked dumb because I was in the like ancient armor when I did that or something, and right. it looked like it kind of obscures his face for all the cutscenes. Oh right. <laughs> yeah, because I think that probably is the best armor in the game, isn't it? Well, though, I don't know. One of the one of the good ones, well, but like, cause and, does it have remember, does it have actual armor stats like the armor armor? Or is, I think it does. Is that I think that so. would make it better. <laughs> 
Hmm. And also Guardian yeah. Resistance. And Guardian Resistance, yeah. But it looks like a, a bit dumb. Anyway. But yeah, I, I ran I ran through I, I like I loaded up my master mode save and just basically it was I had forgotten that I had basically done very nearly literally everything in that mm. master mode save, apart from the sword trials. So I was just like, oh, mm. I can just go to Hyrule Castle and just do it so we can so Rob can see, and I just like I the went, castle is cool, though, right? Yes, uh, that that's not disappointing. It's, it's pretty it's unique, big and awesome. Yeah, we're, we're, even within the game's context, right? It's pretty unique because, as as Zach mentioned yeah. at the time, it's like you get music yeah, playing, yeah, actual music, and yeah. also you get well, yeah, you get an outside theme and an indoor theme. Okay, those loops are maybe a little short, and you, you if you were doing yeah, it sure. a bit more thoroughly than 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 we were at the time, they could get a little bit annoying. Um. Potentially, but it would, yeah, it, it stood out from the rest of the game. Yeah, I, I ran through, I ran to all the law appropriate places, got mm. all those diaries nice. read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yep. the mentions of the fortune teller. There were two, not just one. There were yeah, two. I guess there was technically kind of you could consider that to be one. Mm. The books of Hyrule Castle. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, surprisingly, I didn't have nearly as much trouble with the combat as I thought I was going. <laughs> I mean, that didn't look like that difficult a fight. No, well, I mean, apart from... The fight isn't difficult, really, I guess. The only problem with it was that last section in Master Mode where, where like, because he has his the shield that you can't pass, that you can't attack him through, and then in Master Mode, his health regenerates. Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was the problem. That, 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 that kept you busy for a while. You have to... I, I, I didn't even know, because I guess I hadn't, hadn't done it the first time through, that you can flurry rush to get past that shield because I only knew that you could do it by shield parrying the laser and then mm. that breaks the shield it turns out if you flurry rush you just get free hits anyway so that also works but his attacks are surprisingly awkward to flurry off mm. even though as we pointed out several times while the I was flurry window through, is so much larger yeah, than it is in Hyrule Warriors the flurry window is gigantic in that game yeah <laughs> so much larger But yeah, we, we I got through that fairly smoothly. It's got me a bit. I mean, I'm glad you did show me that because it has got me a little bit more hype. <laughs> because you remembered what the game looked. Yeah, like. <laughs> not just because of what it looked like. It just sort of. Yeah, I guess I guess it triggered something. Like there's a little a little bit of like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this I really did enjoy this, didn't I? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then there was the little extra the little extra full memories ending as well, where you can see that. Which is a bit I, of nothing. Yeah, I guess you can see that. I guess Zelda and Link are going to Sora's domain to fix the divine piece, which is sort of. I mean, that's the thing that I was thinking about. With that's actually what I'm curious about at the start of Tears of the Kingdom is how they're going to explain what the hell happens to all the Sheikah tech. Because mm. like all the shrines are gone, all the towers are gone. <laughs> Presumably, mm, the divine yeah. beasts aren't still hanging around. Mm. Why not? How much time has passed? Has Link? gone into hyperspace and slow <laughs> hyperspace see time travel in Zelda is perfectly normal yep, <laughs> loads of time. Time Zelda. yeah so that's no problem I mean other than Hyrule Warriors it hasn't happened in Breath of the Wild apart from people being asleep and doing the hyperspace no, thing no. essentially they, they but, lose years no, no one but goes there back. are whole games based around time travel concepts in the Zelda yeah. <laughs> um, series right I do it they already have. I know. Don't Time do travel it. confirmed already. Don't do it again. Go forwards, <laughs> not back. Forwards is fine. One way. All of Wind Waker's a, 
it's, that's a sequel, isn't it? Yeah. Is that a sequel? Yeah. Because it's <laughs> underwater, what? right? Obviously. To the Ocarina. Know, Ocarina? Yeah. Yeah. It's that world just flooded. Yeah. See, the thing about this going for, going for more, just a little bit more of Tis the Kingdom theories and speculation. Sure. Speculation, the, yeah. The thing about the shrine. So, like, the Sheikah Tech. The towers could just retract back into the ground. That would make sense. Sure, sure, sure. That would be fine. Mm-hmm. But so only some of the shrines come out of the ground. Like a lot of the shrines are just there. Yeah, yeah, just there. Yeah. So do they retract also? Could they have always retracted? But then the thing is, if you start thinking about that, what about say like the shrine in the middle of Zora's domain, like literally in the middle of the city? It's built mm. into the whole structure of the city. Where yeah. does that go? Yeah. But, like, just with the landscape itself, like, obviously it's built around the fact that the shrines are there. Like, there's a lot of, like, weird caves and stuff that are... Empty now. ...thought yeah. something, right? Yeah, because they... Yeah. And also, you know, even though sometimes it feels like the shrines are just, like, not even real, they do... Like, it is an elevator shaft that goes into an underground chamber. Sure. <laughs> So, yeah. although it may be like infinitely far up <laughs> from the way, yeah, from the way those chambers seem to be, yeah, like, maybe, but like, they seem to be in the kind of weird hyperdimensional space under them. <laughs> and that's why I was thinking, like, the when you have that shrine in Zora's domain, that shrine probably was actually at ground level, like, because all the waterfalls there probably eroded it, like, that's why it's in the middle mm. of Zora's domain, like, they built the town around it, because it, otherwise it would have just been yeah. the shrine on top of the pillar that was the elevator shaft. Mm. It would just yeah, be sitting yeah. up there by itself, because mm. the terrain would have eroded from the waterfalls over the 10,000 years or whatever. No, I guess, yeah. Although I don't know if Zelda considers erosion to be real. Because that's that's the problem with time travel that we're about to run into. When you, if we go back into the past, and it's just like, well, the train looks exactly the same, so erosion doesn't mm. exist. <laughs> yeah, that would be quite a lot of detail to go into. Although, you know, but that would be more of a Red Dead Redemption kind of detail, wouldn't it? Where <laughs> the world changes over time. Well, I mean, you could listing. I mean, maybe you don't have to be super detailed about it, but something like. The waterfalls of Zora, Zora's domain eroding backwards would kind of be a thing you could relatively easy do. You just like mm. move the hill, move, fill that big hole where Zora's domain is currently, just yeah. put a hill over it, That's and have the waterfalls yeah. further forward. Yeah, if anything, going backwards would make it less complex, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess because so, you just fill in holes rather yeah. than create new ideas. Arguably. Oh man, can't wait to see what they've done. Yep, get hype. <laughs> get even more hype. Get very hype, yeah. So I continue to play more Breath of the Wild. Oh, after I the Wild. Me, me too. I'm, I'm also playing Breath of the Wild. So. <laughs> Technically, the reason I started doing it was because I, uh, having done the, the actual final boss, I realised that I haven't, I've never shown Rob the real final boss of Breath of the Wild. Wait, there's another one? <laughs> well, from the expansion. Oh, the the actual oh, yeah. the the boss fight that's more like an actual boss fight rather than a cutscene yeah. like Darby's mm-hmm. But I my my alternate save only has had like two of the divine beasts done, and I was like, I'm not sure I can really quickly rush through the entire two two more divine beasts, then the one hit obliterator section, then the goddamn twelve extra shrines, and then the, the secret fifth divine beast just to get to that boss fight. Right, yeah. <laughs> But I tried. <laughs> I got through 
the two divine beasts and the one hit obliterator. <laughs> that was as far as I got in trying to rush that. But yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going. Not sure I'm going to get to show that Rob to Rob before I get distracted by the new game. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's DLC. It's DLC. Cool. Probably it's probably is cool. And we'll also give you much more context about who this goddamn monk in, in Age of Clarity oh, is. Who, who Maz, Maz Monk Maz is. Yep. He just shows up in that game. Oh, Not even okay. the cutscene, it's just like, I mean, he's just like, you do it's those map icons and then... No, I meant in uh, Age of Clarity, not Breath of the Wild. Right, yeah. I mean, he just, he, you just, there's a map icon that has a monk head on it and you do some pointless map missions and then he's just, he's just the character now. It's just like, there you go. Have an unlock. <laughs> Nothing, no lore or anything. Oh, no, there's no backstory. He's just there. He's, he's kind of a fun character, though. Yeah. I was thinking about this, actually, like just how how much they improved upon... I, mean, I think I've probably talked about it before, how much they improved between those two Hyrule Warriors games. Yeah. Just in terms of the raw movesets and the variety of what those characters do, that's almost been the biggest letdown, actually, of going back and playing the old one, is that the, the movesets just aren't that interesting compared to what you got with Age of Calamity mm. yeah uh, there's, they're like I don't know throwing a tantrum and having, doing a big eye laser yes there are characters that sort of have eye lasers but they're not as well implemented as, as Koga well you do and still have the, the tantrum kind of kind of I mean you've got the tingle you've got the tingle <laughs> he doesn't tantrum but like that's a no, bit different it's Zant with his, uh, where you can yeah. continue to combo the X while his bar fills up, but if you overfill it, he falls over just, just like Koga because he's just Koga because <laughs> they'd reuse that idea. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but then nothing, nothing plays quite like Zelda or the weirdness of the Master Cycle or Sidon's well, well, I mean, Tingle. We don't, ting we don't necessarily know that yet because like, we haven't unlocked all we the We haven't unlocked all of them, but we've got an awful lot of characters and it's. Yeah, I don't know. It's. They, they they clearly refined their their, their art between yes. those two games, which is weird given how massive the Dynasty Warriors series is, and they suddenly decided to up their game for this one. Well, as we've said before, it's because Nintendo helped. Yeah, Nintendo came along and told them how to make an actual game rather <laughs> than <the> Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> Apparently, Omega Force made Wild Hearts. Right. The EA Monster Hunter. Apparently that was them. So uh, maybe there's some Dynasty Warriors in that Wild Hearts game. If it has split-screen co-op, maybe we should try it. Okay. Point, like. <laughs> Possibly. Dan, what else, what else do you have to say about Rough the Wild? Before, you can go first this time, yeah. now that you actually have something to talk about for a minute, even though it's something we've talked no, about so I, many times before. Yeah, I don't, there is no thing. <laughs> it's Breath of the Wild. I can't wait for the next one. But I'm, I'm going to probably finish Breath of the Wild first, just like you did. Are you, though? Maybe. Well, I haven't got... I, I mean, I haven't got it pre-ordered to get on the day because I'm, right. go, I'm busy next weekend, so I won't be playing it straight off. So. <laughs> no, I mean... Uh, neither, but neither but then you won't be Breath of the Wild either. Well, no, that's true. But I've got that this week, you see. Yeah. Uh, so I can play a bit of that this week. I probably won't yeah. be a day one hour either, but like... Exactly. I will be but, assuming yeah. the post works. <laughs> assuming yeah. it comes through the post at the appropriate time. Because mm. it's a Friday release. Risky. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not risky for patching purposes like some PC releases have been recently. But... Sure, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. 
So, should we switch away from Zelda? Yeah, I guess. And we'll be back with abundance. <laughs> with with us next, next time. So, what have you been playing, Zach, in the meantime? Uh, I guess. Um, I haven't really been playing much else apart from Monsters Not Included still. Still continuing yeah. that save. It feels, feel, I, I abandoned the second base, the one through the teleporter, because I was just like, these guys aren't even doing anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're just basically standing around, and I can't really invent any new products for them to do right now. So they might as well just come back through the teleporter, and we'll just leave that base empty. I did set up some like extra automation to basically <laughs> the way I would describe it is I set up automation to basically sweep up animal poop. <laughs> Except the animal poop in this case is like useful materials. <laughs> But like the, now, while okay. no one's there, the animals continue to survive, even if they don't like. They don't out, basically, if they're not tended to, they out, output like a quarter as much, essentially. So they are outputting something, and I guess like meat when they die before they before their eggs hatch. Mm. Even if they're not tended to, they still lay exactly one egg per life cycle. So the population maintains, but if you were tending to them, you'd get way more eggs. So you could read them specifically for meat but yeah i just set up some automation to basically just sweep off all the crap and meat in the enclosures and just <laughs> pipe it out of the way hopefully wash that into mate. storage and then well you just put it in a in an ice box essentially and preserve it for when people come back to this planet mm, if poop, they ever do poop well, the, I, meat. the other thing that is sort of the the occasional reason that I come back to that planet is like I have this one specific type of plant that's growing there that takes like 120 cycles to grow so it's like well I guess they can just leave for like 100 cycles and then come back and then deal with that (laughs) (laughs) don't need to worry about that it just sits there for 120 cycles pooping out hydrogen for some reason because that's what this plant does (laughs) it actually puts out fucking so much hydrogen I've never grown this plant before because it's like really inconvenient it has to grow at like sub-zero temperatures and you have to feed it an animal because it's like a Venus flight out, basically. So you have to plant the plant, you have to make it in a sub-zero room, then you have to put an animal in the room and get the animal to walk over the plant so it gets eaten. And then it takes 120 cycles to digest that animal and then it puts out hydrogen during that 120 cycle period. But it puts out so much fucking hydrogen that I, if I'd known that it was this ridiculously productive, I probably would have done this before because it's so much fucking hydrogen. I immediately had to build an infinite storage because I was just like, there's no way I'm going to be able to deal with this. The room immediately filled up with hydrogen. And I was like, well, I can't put this in tanks. I'm just going to, I'm either going to vent this to space because it's just far too much or just build an infinite storage. So hmm. I gave up and built an infinite storage, even though I don't usually like to do that. But I did at least build. The real infinite storage. I built a proper door compressor, not a glitched vent storage thing that people make. <laughs> and then I event- then I finally got round to actually also doing that on my home base as well. Not nearly as much hydrogen there, but like the electrolyzers that make all the oxygen, obviously that puts out hydrogen. And as usual, up until this point, I'd just been bottling it and putting it in a pile on the floor. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, this is just every. 15 minutes I have to come back to this planet and click two buttons to make them bottle it again so I might as well fucking just build an infinite storage for that as well. mm. if I've done it once there's no shame in doing it twice yeah just embrace it now <laughs> I haven't done it for any of the other things that I could theoretically do that for like natural gas or whatever that comes out of the geysers infinitely because I feel like infinitely storing 
geyser output like that is like that's not that's not a good idea because that it, then it makes you think that you have more than you do because you're you're only meant to be using it at the rate the geyser puts out because if you back it up and then think that you you're like oh I can get away with adding another pump in here and then it just drains that it's never going to fill up again because you're using more than you have. Okay. It's yeah. like there's no point in buffering it because eventually that buffer will run out mm. and it's not it's, it's of constant rate apart from that. So it, the, the the reason that you do buffer the geyser output is because they they're on a like a active dormant cycle so you need to buffer the output during the active cycle to last through the dormant cycle essentially. You need a sufficiently large room to store the whole output of the active cycle. And then I also finally moved on to like a fourth or fifth, fourth, I guess fourth, fourth asteroid. Basically took the two people that had been living on the second asteroid, shoved them in a rocket and been like, go and colonize a new place instead. <laughs> Do something more useful with your time. And then I did another one of the weird story, semi-story mission things. The, the mysterious hermit. <laughs> <laughs> Where you just find like a shipping container on this new planet where just some guy's been living in it for like thousands of years during this whole time travel disaster that is the background story of this game. He was stranded here. And then you, you have to convince him to come out by giving him some nice food and, <laughs> and decorating the area around the shipping container. Then does he turn into the mysterious stranger? And just... No, unfortunately he doesn't shoot people with a magnum. <laughs> <laughs> just a random. But he does have like he has like seven in all of the stats, basically. So he's already like half leveled in everything, essentially. Mm. Which is nice. But not super useful. It's just like he's just another dude at the end of the day. A slightly inconvenient dude with some good base stats. <laughs> You're an inconvenient dude. He does have a different voice. Like, because you like, obviously not included, just like Don't Starve uses that weird warbly voice thing that play does with their games okay where different characters have different voices sort of, sort of gabba sort of thing yeah gabba, gabba, gabba. but like his one is way different than all the other ones because he's super old and grizzled i guess hmm. <laughs> roller 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 yeah and then yeah so i was setting up this new fourth asteroid for, for pretty much just that guy like, I have finally discovered one of the late-game asteroids, the one with the resin tree on it, but that's too far away for me to be sending people to just right now. I still haven't fully solved the rocket problem of getting the oxidizers and whatnot. I do have, like, 40 tons of oxalite stored up from all the oxalite meteors. <laughs> and, but now I'm just like, well, now I have to ship this home, I guess, but do I even want home base to be the rocket base? My problem is that my home, the home base asteroid on this, the on like this randomly generated set of asteroids is like really tiny. It's it's really only as big as all the other ones, and because I've because it was my home base for so long, it's got a lot of stuff in it, Mm. but like more generalized stuff. Like the second asteroid still has quite a bit of space, but it's mostly filled up with salt water because that's the salt water planet. (laughs) And I've slowly been draining that out and sending it through the teleporter to home base, but like now home base is almost fully mined out. I was thinking about building the nuclear reactor, and I was like, where the hell am I even going to put it? Hmm. There's like this bottom corner of the map that's still an oil biome that I could theoretically dig out, 
or I could just put it in space, I guess, but then that'll probably get in the, the, then I barely have enough space to put rockets up there and would also obscure the solar panels, at least while I'm building it. I mean, that's, that's only a temporary problem. As soon as you turn on the nuclear reactor, power Don't shouldn't be a problem any longer. Yeah. But yeah, that, that is still continuing to be oxygen. And then apart from that, the only other thing I've played, well, I've played Rocket League, I guess. I'm what? Done finish with the Rocket Files again. No, really. I'm still managing to keep up with that. Huh. And then, I guess I, I, I've played a small amount of Dirk, but they have a, continued to talk about the, spoil, the teasers for season four. Right. They've now made one of the most actually re- like relevant teasers where they've shown a new enemy, I guess. Ooh. Which looks to be some kind of cross between a shellback and a cave leech. Okay. It, it, that it, doesn't fill me with hope. It, they haven't shown if it rolls, but it has that like <laughs> scuttling sound effect that the shellbacks have when they're actually walking. But then it also has basically a grappling hook that it shoots at. It, oh, you know, no. <laughs> So who knows how that's going to work? Is it, exactly. just, a, is it just a long range grabber? Yeah, and they just runs off with you. Well, that's what I'm wondering: is like what what sort of grab is it going to be? Yeah, is it going to be a, like an actual like is it going smoker to be... style lock you down kind of thing? Yeah, or is or... it just going to be an inconvenience, like pull you out of the way, like pull you towards enemies? I guess mm. I would imagine pro- probably because they it's like they already have the the grabber grabber for immobilizing you fully, the flying grabber. They do explicitly say no more robots on their roadmap. Well, sure. Yeah. But does that mean they're getting rid of the robots? Or like, they shouldn't get rid of anything, what? as we said no, previously. Never, never remove. Just add. But what if, what if no more robots means no more different robots, but the same robots but infected? No. <laughs> the rock fox. They're not, they're not more robots. Yeah. Can rock fox affect robots? That is the question. Or maybe that's not the question. <laughs> maybe that won't be relevant in any way. But yeah, and the weird thing about this new enemy is it doesn't appear to be Rock Fox. It just seems to be a new enemy. Okay, well that's fine. Unless it, unless it is some in some way Rock Fox, where it's well, just like yeah. the like Rock it, Fox. The, it's, it's no longer like contagious or something. Well, or like, the Rock Fox somehow made a mutation that combined the Cave Leech and the Shell Bag. <laughs> right now, maybe the rest of the enemies will be weird combos. Yeah, like a Goo Bomber and a. Well, anything really that'd be nice <laughs> a goof on and anything just, everything goos oh man that'd be the worst mission like a goo praetorian instead like like when you have the that trait where enemies explode on death except they explode into goo that'd be so annoying right yeah <laughs> the really slow mission where everything <laughs> is goo constantly could you have like a one of those um goo exploders like the big ones you know what like a detonator detonator sorry yeah <laughs> just goose goo, the entire goo, yeah everywhere but you actually need those run faster perks well, I, always, I, I think virtually all of my builds have the like reduced environmental slowdown perk huh. not the actual run faster perk usually mm. but I'm not sure how, how effective that is on goo it makes a big difference on snow Oh, right. Like you basically can sprint straight through the snow patches if you have that perk. So yeah, still waiting on season four, but I guess it's coming. It's got to be soon. Because they originally said it was April, and it's like, well, we're not in April anymore. Well, maybe they meant the teasers were going to be in April. No. 
And then I guess I guess I can mention because I forgot to mention it last time. The thing that the thing that I played ages ago at this point, I randomly went back into Subnautica for a minute because I, okay. I guess I hadn't oh, played yeah. it since they did that weird like backport update where they put some of the content or some of the base parts from Sub Zero back into original Subnautica. Oh, interesting. So I went in there to look at those for a minute. Didn't really. There's not really much to say about Subnautica. Like playing Subnautica again, there's not, it's like. It's not a, It's not a, random. No. So there's not really much to... You know where everything is, and you know the most efficient way to get through it. Yeah. So I played long enough to see the new base parts, and then was like, man, I wish these had been in the game originally, because this is just way better. I mean, better in that it makes your life too easy, though? or It's not really too easy. It's just, like, less inconvenient. Because, like, mm. so when you're building the bases in original Subnautica, you have, a, like, a circular room that is, like, the primary main base building part because it's a because it's a room that that you can put like the larger equipment in like mm. the like the basic the bigger power reactors and like the water distiller thing and the alien containment room <laughs> they have to be in one of these circular rooms and then the way it, the way it works is basically the center of the room is the mounting point for the big equipment like the reactors and then it has I guess the water distiller doesn't technically need to go in that room, but it, it mounts on one of the wall ports because the way the base building works is like the big rooms have essentially hidden ports around the edge, which is how you join where you build the tunnels to join the separate rooms together. And those ports can have like the water distiller has to go on one because obviously it sucks water in from the outside. And then like that's where you also mount structural reinforcement to increase your hull strength or whatever. So you, instead of a tunnel, you build a structural part to block where the tunnel would go, but it gives you the enhanced hull strength or whatever. And that's how it is in the base game, and that kind of that's kind of annoying. And also, if you build them on top of each other, like they're designed to stack, it like makes a nice cylindrical stack of rooms. But, but when, what did you just say? Cylindrical. Cylindrical. <laughs> 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 But when you build the ladder to go up and down between them, the ladder mounts into the floor like offset in front of one of the tunnel entrances. Right. Except it's like right in front of one of the tunnel entrances as in like you have to sort of squeeze past the ladder to get into the room if, if you build it in front of a tunnel entrance and like the ladders can't... I can't remember if they can stack directly on top of each other or not, but also the ladders in the bases are weirdly like not real. Like you click on them and you just teleport. <laughs> it doesn't have an animation or anything. Right, weird. Even though a lot of the other ladders in that game do have an animation. In fact, I, I think all other ladders in that game have an animation, just not the ones you specifically build as part of the base. Strange. I guess it's because it's because of the freeform building nature of it. They had they couldn't have guaranteed how the animation would clip through stuff on each end. Maybe mm, don't know. They didn't want you to accidentally get stuck in something. No, I mean, maybe. Maybe that was a, a problem that they had and were just like, well, maybe we just don't do that for now. Yeah. And they never fixed it. It is weird how that just, you, just, you just teleport. <laughs> but yeah, that, so that's how you build normally with the circular rooms. But then the thing that they brought back from Sub-Zero is just like a huge rectangle room, <laughs> which is much like at least twice the size of the circular room in terms of like floor space so you can just fit more stuff in it and it's rectangular which makes it more easy to fit like 
you know, cabinets and whatnot along the walls because mm. those are flat, not curved. And also, you can just you can mount like two or three of the large objects along the middle of the room. So you can have like multiple reactors in this one big room, and it's just an open floor plan that you can walk in. It's just like this is so much better, but mm. like maybe too much better. <laughs> I think realistically, if they if there should have been a different version where you got like a small square room, but then you could like join multiple of them together directly to make one big rectangle room, maybe instead of the circular rooms where you have to have a tunnel in between them if they're ma- if they're next to each other, mm. you can't just make an oval room or anything by having them adjacent. You mean a little bit like um, like when you're carving out bits of ships in No Man's Sky or something when you connect the yeah. square rooms, they just turn into big rooms. Yeah. Like digging out a space. Kind of, yeah. That would have been better. But yes, this, this one big rectangle room is just like, oh, this is so much more convenient. <laughs> so much more convenient than these annoying circles. There's so many things that, like, that are square. <laughs> Like, when you want to build the, the grow beds inside your base to grow plants, and those are square, and you're trying to fit that into a circular room. <laughs> it's just like, this is just really annoying. <laughs> this offends me. Yeah. Although that game also doesn't have any way to, like, align things, or any, like, locking to grid or anything. So you're always just going to be like holding the blueprint out to be like, oh, if I move it just slightly this way, does it line up better with that bit of wall or not? Do I have to turn? Do I have to like straight backwards and forwards just to get it to slightly better line up? That sucks if you're if you if you're worried about the aesthetics of it. Proper building, yeah. can't do it yourself. Well, I mean, in, if only it was more realistic where you could just like nudge it around afterwards. Yeah, rather than having to completely disassemble it and then rebuild it. Again. Speaking of nudging, that reminds me of the games I haven't been playing. They just rele- <laughs> It's back. Yeah. yeah everyone's favourite segment. They've just released another... Um, actually, I don't know if it's if this patch is actually out yet or it's in the upcoming patch, but they've made a modification to Satisfactory's blueprint system, which is nudging, where like now when you're placing a blueprint, you can, you can... You place it and then lock it so you can walk around it and look at it, mm. and then in that mode, you can actually just nudge it around. Which makes lighting things up much easier. I see, and that also actually applies to like so just like you know just the whole blueprint around. Yes, yeah. you move the whole thing proportionally around the world on the grid mm. of the of the foundations. But that also applies to like all normal building blueprints as well, which aren't I say blueprints, but you know they aren't blueprints in the blueprint sense of blueprints. It's like a hologram. Or yeah, 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 gotcha, gotcha. So when you're building anything, yeah, essentially. And that's, you know, that was always the classic problem of building the space elevator because that thing is fucking gigantic. So it's impossible to tell where it is when you're trying to build it and you're just standing next to it. It's just like, I can't see where this ghost is compared <laughs> to anything. Right, I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense in the world of it as well to be able to put it down and just go, right, okay, I've got this hologram. I'm wearing a hollow lens. Let's yeah. go have a look. Um, and apparently there's also some other quality of life aspects to that as well. Like you, when you if you build a blueprint, it remembers that all the individual parts of it were that blueprint, so you can disassemble the whole thing in one go, rather than having to individually pick up all the individual parts afterwards if you make mm. a mistake. Which is actually kind of cool. And apparently that works even if you even if you do individually modify some parts of that blueprint, the parts that were still original in that blueprint do still remember that they were in that blueprint. 
Okay. So even if right. you took some parts of it down, the rest of it would still remember. And it would still group together. And it would still group into that dismantled mode. So that is probably kind of cool. <laughs> but again, you know, things I haven't played, I haven't seen any of this. And that, that part may, may not actually have been in the updates yet. They're ramping up to, I forget which number it is now, update eight, maybe, which is going to be the, the Unreal 5 thing. Oh. Hmm. When they try and put in some of the Unreal 5 features. However well that's going to work. I think they've just recent, just like this week uploaded a video talking about their Nanite, how, how much of Nanite they're trying to use, which isn't much. Mm. They're basically only using it for vertical rock faces like cliffs because those are, those are basically models in the world anyway. Like if you ever, if right. you ever clip through the, through the level in Satisfactory, you can see how like underneath it's one of those like smooth curve planes like you know what i mean how games do that where like underneath the terrain is a like smooth curve but in front of that they've mounted a cliff geometry to make it look more cliffy oh i see what you mean the the actual plane that you're interacting with is smooth but like the the base plane of the terrain is like it's, it's that weird way that they manage like sheer cliffs or whatever because they don't want to have they don't want to distort the ground geometry into a vertical face or whatever because of that that acts weird with how that how those systems work. A lot of games will do that. Mm. I mean, even Breath of the Wild does that. If you've ever clipped through any of the edges on that world, you can see underneath it's just like, oh, here's all the smooth curves that are hidden by the more jagged geometry that's stacked on top. But yes, that's so that's basically what they're replacing with the nanite is the cliff geometry that's on top of the fake geometry underneath. Well, most of the time you don't even see that stuff, right? Like almost every game in the like has two, it effectively has two polygonal layers going on at once. There's the visual layer, and there's the actual sort of like the box layer that actually is driving the physics. Well, the game, yeah, right? I'm not talking but, about that in that way. It's it's like I don't know what how, how I don't know how exactly this is made, but it's like the underlying terrain is can't be turned into as direct a height map as you want like so hard to describe I mean oh I think I see what you mean so right they've taken it's a bump mapped plane plane. underneath everything that they then go oh right well that's the basis upon which we work or something or or it's like maybe the terrain that bump map terrain is like not as high resolution or something like it can't do as steep a cliff as to make an actual cliff or also they can't do an overhang well, or over, yeah, yeah, you can't do that. So, so and also, they're basically trying to make it look better than the the planets from Mass Effect. <laughs> yes, Mass basically. Effect One. Yeah, and also probably uh, it's to do with like you need a different texture for the cliffs, right? Yeah, sure. Because if you're just stretching the bump map terrain, it won't actually look like a cliff. It will just look like a weird vertical face of grass or something. Well, normally, normally texture systems in well, games yeah, are, built, are built to deal with that automatically. Depends on the, the exact system, yes, but yeah. That that is apparently the only part that's going to be nanite is just that geometry for cliff faces. Okay, well that's probably a fair thing to try because yeah. it's not really super game impactful and yeah. And also, you know, don't do the whole thing at once, maybe. And that, so they're not tempted on doing a Luma pass just yet. Then they, to, to, to light in they're the interior trying to spaces. do some of that as well, but I think that has very specific limits as well. I don't mm. remember what the limits on that are. Like it might only because it's it's weird to define what an interior space is in that game, of course, because mm. you're building everything. Sure. 
So how does it detect what is technically interior? Because I mean, already... it probably doesn't, right? No, like yeah. it will have to just they'll, they'll have to just light it properly. <laughs> I think it, it has some kind of limit of like. Well, I think at least it's not going to try and do. It's only going to be in your local vicinity. For sure, it's not going to try and do mm. things far away. <laughs> not going to try and light the whole world. Sure. But they already had enough problems. Oh, okay. So they're not using it as a as a global system. No, though. I don't think so. Interesting. But they already had enough problems when they tried to implement regular lights in mm. a few patches ago. Mainly for, I think that in that case it was to do with like the just the rendering load of having to deal with light sources and shadows in a sure. game where you can make all these millions where of you can objects. Make anything. Yeah. <laughs> not easy. You'd have to like cyberpunk overdrive that stuff and like path trace everything, mm. make it look right. Yeah, because I, I mean, that's my that's always been one of my problems with the classic situation of turning shadows down to low. Mm. <laughs> because if you turn shadows down to low in satisfactory, they basically they don't fully turn off, but they might as well. Mm. And they just look real bad. Right, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's because I haven't been playing. <laughs> that's it. That's all I've played. Alrighty. What about you, Rob? Well, I've got a great deal of time left. Uh, so... <laughs> well, you don't have a great deal to talk about, though, do you? Oh. But you said you only had one new thing. I only have one new thing to talk about. How many about? old things <laughs> A fair amount of old things. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you were saying that you didn't have a lot to talk about. Well, I'll, I'll, to an extent, I'll be quick. I'll be quick. I'll, I, I can't be quick. So I'm still, uh, I'm about, I think I've doubled the amount of time in Nino Cooney since last time we talked, which makes Has sense. Has it been doubly annoying? Yeah. Oh. Actually, I, I reached a real hurdle um, in it. That more so than the grind. More so than the grind. I reached a massive difficulty spike okay. that was just... Well, I mean, I guess the grinding is like, I guess it led, led to much more grinding. I, I hit a huge difficulty spike um, um, that just took me ages to get to the point where I could get over it. Um, and it's, it's weird because after that point, the game has been a breeze. Right. It was just like you, you thought you were grinding to make it over the difficulty spike but the spike literally was a spike it was yeah it really was <laughs> it a spike it wasn't a up and then continue at that level it no. was literally a spike it, it was it was that yeah once I got past that particular boss fight like everything since then I've felt I've felt overpowered for quite some time now and I'm, I'm getting to a few fights where it's like okay that was that was a close call mm. um, there's been a few of those but for the most part I am sailing through now but I say sailing through. There's still an awful lot to do. It's a, it's you know, it's a, it's a JS RPG. Right. There's a, there's an awful lot of stuff to do, and there's an awful lot of. Um, I mean, there were sections where it made sense for me to grind a bit in order to level up a new Pokemon that I needed, like that had like a specific set of moves that would would yeah. be useful in this area, stuff like that. Um, uh, I mean, I can now fly around the map, which helps as well. I can pretty much go anywhere at this point. Um, Unless there's a story reason for keeping me out of certain spots, um, which I've butt up against a few times, it's like, oh, what's this place? Let's go there. And then you go there, and it's like, you can't be here. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> oh, does it not have some magical place? Often not. Oh. Um, um, or there'll be mysterious. There'll, mysteriously, there'll be places you go to, and the door will be closed, and yet you come back to it later in the story. It's like, well, that door's open now. Well, at least it's or, a door. <laughs> or there'll be plaques of text that you find, and you'll look at it and go, "Go, well, what does this say?" Oh, I wish I know knew how to read it. And then you'll go back to it later on as part of the story, and you'll just read it. 
Yeah, it doesn't explain that. Doesn't explain it. Um, <laughs> Great. It's 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 a bit. It's almost like they gave you the tool set to travel the world too early, right? But then rely on that in order for you to get to the places you need to get to. It's 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 pretty strange. Um, in fact, a lot of things about Nino Cuni are just pretty strange. Like, the, okay, the chaotic combat has become less of a problem because I'm a bit overpowered and I'm sailing through it, and I've cottoned on to the fact that there are there is a sort of like rock paper scissors system with the 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 pokemon the familiars i keep calling them the pokemon but the the, the familiars like star signs they they can either be like uh, they can either be sun star or planet um no well planets are weird actually that's not true planet is a str- i haven't really come across any planet stuff yet there's sun star and moon generally and there's like a rock paper scissors relationship between them on top of the elemental systems that can right. come into play but for the most part if you just pay attention to that star system because you can see what enemies star signs are and things like that you can uh, at the moment that's making some of the combat like just even easier because it's like oh i send out the right dude against the right enemy that then then i'll, then I'll be okay um, I mean, the, the, yeah, the annoyances are starting to creep in. Like, I, I was starting to get a little bit fed up with it last time, I think. But like when, when I spoke about it, but the annoyances are creeping in. Like, I'm a. It's a bit frustrating that the there's a quite a lot of music reuse, reuse, which is like might seem like a minor thing, but like you go to, there was there was one section where I would be, I'd spent a while in this in a in a town area that had one particular theme and then it was like right great now you get to go to this new area and you get into this new area and the and the place you get to is playing the music from the town you were just in and it's like oh oh okay well that's that's kind of annoying like so now I've still stuck with this music mm-hmm. and like almost every cave structure you go into plays the same music um, and one of the towns also has that music. It's like they just they just didn't record enough. Mm. Like you know, you go back. I, I think back to games like FF Seven and FF Eight and like the classics. And yes, they didn't record all the music with an orchestra like they have done. Yeah, here as far as I can tell. But um, but there's variety to it. There's yeah. way more variety, and it's way more interesting yeah. as well. And good God, does the battle theme get annoying after a while? Like it's not it's not a great battle theme. Like, I don't know, I, I feel like I could listen to the FF7, FF8, and FF9 battle themes forever and they wouldn't be yeah. that irritating. Um, even the, the Pokemon one. <laughs> yeah, even the Pokemon, they're just bangers. Whereas this one is, yeah. this one has kind of a motif and then doesn't do anything but that motif. And like, and none of the music really loops properly in this game either. Like, it's not, like, like it is just like it's playing the recording and then stop, start, do it again. <laughs> like a CD on repeat rather than having set up proper loop points or whatever to do it. So like sometimes when the, when the music in a particularly long fight just loops, it's pretty jarring and doesn't, it doesn't feel right. Mm. And it's, I'm not saying all the music itself is all of the music is bad. I may not be into that battle theme, but, um, just the one you hear the most. Um, yeah, but it's, um, it's, it's a bit of a, you know, when you're spending this many hours on a game, I could do with a little more. Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 filling a nice niche for me at the moment. In that you know, it's kind of brainless, like having once you got once you got over leveled and you're just sailing for it, and that's kind of fine. I actually don't mind playing a game like that sometimes, um, and it, it is drawing me back in because of it. Because it's like, well, what do I do right now? Do I want like it's it's like it's getting on a bit late in the evening. I could go and play something else for like an hour. No, but actually the save system's quite generous in this. I could just grind out a few more <laughs> errands um, for a while. It's um, 
and I wish like I've upgraded my wand and it, I don't, it doesn't feel any more powerful. Like, it's a whole big story plotline about making making this mythical wand like completing it. So it's like oh, the legendary wand is back. So you go and do that, and then it's like, what can you do with it? You, you must be like a like a like an uber wizard now. And it's like I can open some purple chests. <laughs> like, I don't like. I, I, I cast fire on this thing, and it did about the same amount of damage. It's like, well, great. Like, so that's that's benefited me hugely. Like, the game and the narrative don't always match. Um, mm-hmm. And it's becoming. There's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is just a pattern, but it feels like as as the game is progressing, like maybe budget cuts crept in or something, because there's fewer scenes where there's actual voice acting. Like, and it's turned into more, you go to a place, talk to a person, read the text, and then you'll maybe get, like, a small snippet of voice-acted stuff in the middle of it. Um, yeah. It's a fine JRPG, but it's not a foine JRPG. Foine. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it's not yeah. quite foine. It's not, it's, it's, not cl- it's not a classic. I think that's fair. I'm going to keep going. I like. I, I think I'm. I think news, I'm yeah. most of the way through now. I think. Thoughts. I think thoughts. <laughs> you think them. They but, might not but be I'm, true. But I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. Um, I, mean, I hope it doesn't creep. I mean, for like nearly 40 hours, so it's like I hope it doesn't creep too much longer. Mm. But it very well could. I don't know what else it would do at this point, though. That's right. the thing. Like, I don't know what what else it would. I mean, narratively, it could do some things, but I don't know what mechanically it could do anymore. Um, hmm. uh, so that's that. Uh, I continued a bit of my retro rampage. Like, I haven't added to the pile of PlayStation 1 games I'm playing at the moment, so I carried on with Rage Racer. Um, I've pretty much got to the point with that game that I did back in the day, which is right. the point where you, you get to stage four um, cars and... Uh, and speed and difficulty and that's when the game forces you to use manual transmission <laughs> and holy shit I can't play that game with manual gears it's, it's, it, that, that is talk about difficulty spikes that is a spike like because Ridge Race is fast and it's got it like generally and it's like it, you know when you make a mistake it's one of those games that just suddenly sap, takes speed off you so like when you hit a wall you've if you make a mistake in Ridge Racer you've got to try and figure out how much of a mistake that has been like in an instant you've got to be right. like okay how much speed did that actually shave off me like what gear do i need to shift into to make that good and if you get it wrong you won't if you get like if you don't shift down enough you won't accelerate if you shift down too far you won't accelerate because you'll be ma- you'll actually probably slow down some more because you'll be maxing out your gearbox or whatever and it's like that's really hard. Like, there's just there's something about it that, like, if I guess if you made a run and you drove it perfectly, it would be fine, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you didn't ever slow down. If you did, yeah, if you could drive it without doing that. But, like, you, you, as I mentioned before, like, you don't... I still haven't figured out its drift mechanic. I, can't, I cannot... There's something about it that I just can't... I can't get right. I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe it's because I'm always using uh, cars with too high a grip stat, and then they... Maybe they don't drift. Maybe I need to just use the slightly slower cars that are super drifty and have no grip, and then maybe they all, they all drift like a Ridge Racer game. I don't know. Um, 
but then I won't be able to turn the normal corners. But it's it's, it's, a, it's an interesting balancing act. Like uh, I, I don't know, I might stop here again, like because it is just so hard. Like I've tried quite a bit to get over this hump this time, and it's um, I am failing. <laughs> it's maybe beyond my capabilities. Your hump, getting over your abilities. Yes, <laughs> your hump surmounting abilities. <laughs> yes. Uh, the other thing I played a bit more of was Rapid Racer. I still continue to play that game, despite how weird that game is. Um, Which one's that one? Uh, that's the boat racing one. Um, ah. I talked about a few times. The sort of the the, the motorboat yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff developed by uh, a Sony internal studio. Um, yeah, so I finished all the the mirror tracks on it now, and then as and unlocked almost all of the. Okay, this game has some weird things that I don't fully understand. Like, I don't know how to unlock... I don't know how you can unlock all of the boats in that game because it doesn't feel like there's enough bonus opportunities. So the way that... The, the un- I think I mentioned before, the way the unlock system works is you run a race, but there's also these yellow tokens to pick up over the course of the race. And if you get five of them and win the race, you get taken to a little bonus challenge, which are super easy. But that will mm-hmm. upgrade a stat on your boat. And if you max out a boat you will then unlock a new like tier two boat say and then you do that with a tier two boat you'll unlock a tier tier three boat Mm. it doesn't seem to be enough of those bonus opportunities available to actually get to the tier three boats unless you follow like a single path so i found i've found that doing the speedy the speed boats the ones that have speed as their primary stat is the way to go, and that makes the, the levels a bit better. So I did that with a tier one boat. But the tier two boat it unlocks is a, is, a, is an acceleration boat, and it's like, oh, oh that's annoying. Um, so then I went back and did it with the handling boat and bonused that one up with some of the bonus stuff I hadn't done on a tracks before. And that unlocked the tier two speed boat, and it's like, okay, great, cool, I've got the one I want. We'll, I'll work on this one. <laughs> Presumably the third DMC speed boat is in the other one. Well, I haven't got there, because I've run out of races that I haven't got the bonuses on. Like, there's like a limited pool. And it's like, so I, is it possible to unlock all of the boats? I don't know that it is. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's a weird one. It's weird. It's weird. It's slightly odd structure. Um... What I did find that was pretty cool once I had finished all the mirror tracks um, is it unlocks what it calls fractal tracks. And this thing has a straight up yeah. random track generator, like a random course oh, builder. Weird. And it's like okay. it, like procedural generation back in the PS1 days. It's like, okay, what else did that? Okay, maybe Tommy Mackinnon Rally, but that was one of those things that build courses out of pieces. Um, <laughs> and you could build impossible tracks in that game. It was kind of weird. Um, uh F-Zero X, I guess, that had the X cup and would generate tracks. Um, Not many things were doing that, and it's just interesting to see here. It's like, I don't think any of the fractal tracks I've driven on, well, I say driven, boated on, (laughs) sailed on. Um, Not really sailing. Like, is there a word for, like, motorboating? I don't know. Powered. Um, I don't think any of those fractal tracks I've powered through have been super <laughs> interesting, but the fact that that feature exists at all is interesting. And there's a nice, it's a nice like end game unlock. I say end game. This has all been in easy mode, and as I said before, all of the difficulty levels are segregated from each other. So when I up to medium mode, it's like nope, you've lo- anything you've unlocked, it doesn't matter. You're doing it again. Um, Also a weird game, but kind of funny, kind of, kind of interesting and kind of fun in its oddity. Like, the handling is so oh. bizarre. 
it's so bizarre, but um, interesting on that front. Which leads me conveniently into Hot Wheels Unleashed. Okay. The one new thing I've played this week. Uh, it was released last year and is an. Uh, oh, so it's new. It's new, yeah. It was, it was released last year and is a Hot Wheels themed racing game, not to be confused with the stuff they did for Forza Horizon. It's basically the um, same as Lego 2K Drive, right? It's, it's the Hot Wheels version of the they made for Forza. <laughs> Mm, it's not nearly as interesting okay. and this is the problem so one of the, the, the one of the key points behind Raid Racer uh, Rapid Racer any of the Wipeout games um, and anything that to me makes a good arcade racer is that they they don't have to have realistic they don't even some of the time even have to be good they just have to have interesting mechanics Hot Wheels drops the ball on this I think it's a pretty boring ass game like well, they're trying to make it too much like actual real <laughs> I don't that's not course. even true either like oh I don't even I'm, I'm, I've been trying to think about how to describe this game and uh, like in words that are other than dull uh, it's like it looks pretty good like visually it's nice they do really great work actually on making the plastic Hot Wheel cars look plasticky and small and tiny like the the visuals of the toys pretty great and like when you finish a race they're like scuffed up in all the right places like on the curves and stuff like that and or there might be a giant fingerprint mark on one of them like right that uh, love has gone into that into recreating hot wheels as they should look that's kind of where it ends like it's uh the gameplay is like 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 you're okay you're on the hot wheels track you're going forward you get boost for drifting round turns and you you race there's no power-ups or anything like that. There's no, like, Mario Kart-style mechanics or anything like that. So it's not like 2K Drive in that sense. Um, you're just driving, uh, which would be fine if the driving mechanics felt technical and, like, they would be, like, I feel like why I'm doing better or worse. Uh, or, you know, there was a nuance to it, I guess. You know, something you could feel like you're learning from. But I don't feel like there's anything to learn in this game. It's like, you just drive it, you drift it. Mm. Sometimes the drifts work, sometimes they don't. I don't understand why. Um, sometimes you'll do a perfectly tuned drift around the corner. Sometimes you'll be turning like 90 degrees into the turn, but going perfectly sideways and just slam into the wall. And I cannot figure out the nuance to it. Like, it just... It just seems to happen well sometimes and not the others. And it's so it's not in a weird way. It's not arcadey enough. Maybe there is some layer of nuance to it, but it's like it's but it's indecipherable. It's like trying to drift in Rage Racer, right? Like you can get right, by right. in Rage Racer without drifting. You cannot get by in this without drifting. Like you have to do it if you want the boost in order to do well, in order to go fast, in order to win the race. And it's um like hitting the walls I can't when you hit the wall I can't tell if that's actually slowing me down by a lot or a little because there's no on-screen speed indicator and the way the game feels I, like you can't really see that you've slowed down all that much either so uh, you don't I don't really have a feel for what works and what doesn't I'm probably going to drop this one like a stone because it's just—it's just, it's just, it's just not. Much it's just not very good. It's just not interesting. <laughs> yeah, and but this is the weird thing. It sort of reviewed quite well when it came out, mm. and I don't understand why. Is it just because the like a bit of me is wondering like is the is the arcade racer like landscape really that barren? 
that, they, that this came out and they were like, oh, an arcade racer, it's great. Well, we haven't seen one of these in ages. I really enjoy these. And it's like, you should go back and play some good ones. <laughs> You're missing out, Bo. Bo? <laughs> <laughs> call out, shout out to the random <laughs> reviewer called Bo. I'm just calling this guy Bo. <laughs> yeah, this random reviewer, he's Bo now. Come on, Bo. You're missing out, Bo. Bo critic, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's not it's it's not very interesting. I don't know yeah. I mean it's got like you can you can you can have the actual Barbie like camper, like the one they actually made, and you can you can drive that if you want. <laughs> to the point where even oh. Gnome was like, I had one of those. And I was like, that's kinda cool. But Kinda, yeah. <laughs> But also, like, cool. like uh, good luck, family. I can't fit. Like, the, the, the cars all have stats as well, and I'll be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I seem to be ballsing up the drifting a bit. I'll pick a car with higher handling. That, that makes sense, right? Maybe I'll be able to grasp it. Nope, handles exactly the same. <laughs> and, I, and I don't say like, oh, I'll pick a car that's okay. Fine, I can't get to handle with the drifting. Then I'll just pick a car that powers through that has like high speed and high acceleration. Nope, makes no difference at all. I seem to be positioning and like having the same amount of trouble. Or success in races that I was before. Don't um, like maybe that all that's a lie. I don't. I don't understand. I, I just don't understand this game. Like it's not. But I have no desire to. <laughs> it's like it doesn't make me want to. Anyway, that, that's that's Hot Wheels Unleashed. That's a bit of a shame. Uh, and that's pretty much me. I play. I played around point blank. I got the gun out. Shot some things. That a bit better. <laughs> that, was that, yeah, was that cathartic? Yeah, that, that felt good. Point blank. Point, point, point blank's always good. Go for it. That's me. Well, and that's probably a podcast. Oh, I played some more Buggy Boy because I couldn't help myself. Buggy Boy's cool. Ding, ding, I mean, playing the entire experience of playing Buggy Boy. I was playing the arcade version, the, the Zaxxel we played uh, last week a little bit. And there's uh, the scales real nice, the arcade version, but it's a harder. It's harder. I'm sure it's harder than the ST version. Well, wouldn't be surprising. Will we extract some money? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, get that money. I mean, I can get into the dip switches on the uh, the main build, and you can make it easier. But I don't, kind of don't want to. <laughs> like this, this is the game. Like I want to try. Anyway, is that a podcast? I believe so. Um, and we'll be back. I mean, one well, person in the time this being is a podcast. Is our YouTube channel, which uh, currently we've started a let's play of the classic Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah. Um, which is a good one for sure. So definitely check that out. It's currently not then, yet destroying my nostalgia for it, which is important. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, uh, that's Talk quite about a fun one to watch. Inadequate PC ports, though. Man, I wish that had like better controller support than it does. But okay. Uh, oh well, well, we'll we'll struggle through it on your behalf, uh, listeners. Uh, so check that out, and um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks for Zelda-a-thon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the big Salad cast. Hope you shall return. Catch you then. Goodbye. <laughs>